tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Good morning. Welcome along to Tip Today. It's a cold one out there for sure. And it is slippy in places, I'm told. So do be careful if you're driving. Coming up on this morning's show, Nuisance Dog Poo in Clonmel Town. Uh, we'll have some listener opinion on free GP care for all, which is something we discussed on the programme yesterday. Are B&Bs a thing of the past? Now, we'd love your opinions on that. Are you a fan of B&Bs? Um, or not. And maybe you have some stories to tell us about uh, B&Bs uh, over the years. Um, we'll be hearing from the Need- Nina Needs It's A&E campaign and they have a protest organised for this weekend. The Gardaí will keep us up to speed on what's been happening around the county. Uh, holistic workshops with Ellen Coleman uh, Walsh and Ellen will be in studio with us. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Now there's some opposition to the sell-off of lands to foreign investors as well. So all of that and much, much more on the way. You can text and WhatsApp 083 311 Of course, you can speak to Emma for free on 1800 938 007. Quick look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today to the Irish Times, first of all, and they're leading with a coalition set to sign off on a 2.5 billion euro apartments redress plan. The government preparing to sign off on that scheme um, because it's addressing defects in up to 100,000 Celtic Tiger era apartments, but will face further pressure to deliver for thousands of homeowners who have already paid to remediate such issues. So, I mean, this wasn't caused by the taxpayer. This was caused by developers and builders. But once again, the taxpayer expected to put a hand in the pocket for this. Also on the Irish Times today, we're reading that there are calls for tougher stance on so-called illegal immigration into the state. Uh, That's been heard at a meeting of uh, Fine Gael politicians with the issue uh, moving to the centre of the political agenda as the Dáil resumes following the Christmas break. Lovely picture on the front of the Times today. Three-year-old twins Ruth and Cora Feeney enjoying the snow in their back garden in County Donegal. Uh, yesterday, but it's just a beautiful, happy, wonderful picture on the front of the Times. Um, the Independent also uh, dominated by a lovely um, a picture of seven-year-old Sophie Dunn enjoying some snowball fighting. Uh, the Thai, the Indo today leading with that story that adult offenders will now face up to five years in prison for grooming children into a life uh, of crime. And the Justice Minister, Simon Harris, will today seek Cabinet approval for a new bill to criminalise the grooming of children into the underworld activity. There's there's yet another Eamon Ryan story on the newspapers today that I'm sure will get people incensed uh, once again, but seemingly the Green Party leader, he's to get a peddling protection officer at times when he's cycling around Dublin on ministerial duties. Now he's confirmed the move to the Indo today and his protection officer will be on a bike because Mr Ryan does not use a ministerial car unlike other members of the cabinet. However, his protection detail will occasionally be in a guarded car depending on operational requirements. 
has understood that expressions of interest to fill the role have been sought in recent days from Garda members. So he'll be on his bike. There will be a Garda protection officer on a bike. But from time to time, there will also be a car following Mr. Ryan as well. What do you make of that, please? 083 311 To the Irish Daily Mail and their banner headline, Fear the Pension uh, gender gap will worsen and proposals by the government for that uh, auto-enrolment pension scheme will leave women worse off and widen the pension's gender gap. An Aractus committee uh, will be warned today. The scheme is designed to tackle Ireland's severely low pension coverage uh, rates, as you know, with only one in three private sector workers uh, signed up to a retirement savings scheme. To the Irish Examiner. Interesting story that uh, personal injury claims taken against the GAA have cost the association 15 million over the past uh, five years and uh, of that figure 10 million relates to non-GAA activity which is kind of interesting with one high-ranking GAA official claiming many uh, units uh, are completely failing to address control over activities and use of the properties. Uh, another interesting story on the examiner today, and it's an indication, I suppose, about the cost of living crisis. But uh, consumers are selling vouchers received as Christmas gifts at a discount in order to raise cash. And uh, on trading websites like Dundee and Adverts.ie, uh, a number of ads offering unwanted vouchers for sale at discounted prices so that the owners can convert them to cash. And that's an indication, I suppose, about how difficult things can be out there. 1800-938-007, where that is concerned. Now, James texted us yesterday about his 11-year-old son needing orthodontic treatment, and he's concerned because the HSE recommends on their website that the correction is done at ages 12 or 13. But there is a six-year waiting list. Now, David responded to this uh, with his own experience, and he joins me now. David, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. And thanks very much indeed for for getting on to us yesterday and giving us some advice. Will you tell me the experience uh, that you and your child had, David? Uh, Yes, friend, I will, yeah. Um, It was much the same as uh, James's experience. Uh, We took our daughter to the HSE uh, dental clinic here in Turles, and her teeth were uh, in need of braces badly. So she met the criteria for uh, the braces, but the waiting list, when we were waiting, I think it was four years long. Right. So, um, you know, we were kind of just scratching our heads going, Jeez, her teeth will be gone terrible bad by mm-hmm. the time, you know, the four years have come. Mm-hmm. So we made uh, local inquiries here in Turles uh, with... Uh, a local representative here, and he got in touch with the HSE, and then the HSE informed us of this uh, cross-border directive that are based below in Kilkenny. Mm-hmm. So, um, by going up to the north of Ireland, we went up to Newry, um, we could avail of this uh, cross-border directive fund, and the braces down here would have cost us I think James said about five grand yes. for his for his young lad. I think it'd have been about the same for our girl. Mm. So um so we said, right, we're up to north. So it was a bit daunting now to be honest, because we didn't know of any place up there. But it was just by the look of God, I suppose, that we chose this this um Zenartotics up in uh Nuri. A very professional crowd. So um they gave us a quote of two and a half thousand sterling to get the 
uh, braces on, top and bottom braces. Considerably cheaper to begin with. It is. Well, if you take in the exchange rate, mm. you know, that'll probably go €3,000, mm. probably-ish. Mm. But then we discovered with this cross-border treatment fund, once you have all, all your receipts in order and that you have proof that you're up there on the days of treatment, now treatment was about every six, six to eight weeks, um, we could get back €2,100 off the government for uh, going up to the north. So it was kind of a no-brainer, really. We only had to go up to, up to Nuri every about, you know, eight weeks, say. Uh, for for how uh, lo- for how long, David? Uh, I suppose it went on for a year and a half. Mm. Yeah, you know. So if you take you know the cost of the diesel, now diesel wasn't as dear as what it is now yes. when we were doing it. But um, if you take all the costs into consideration, there, there was a considerable saving. Right, and what overall? What did it cost you? Um, I would say, taking all into consideration, about a thousand euros. About a thousand euros, and and yeah. what? And it was two thousand five hundred. Was it for the two thousand five hundred sterling for for the braces, and about a thousand euro on top of that? Uh, no, uh, the full cost was would have been about like once we got the refund back, right, from the HSE. It just cost you one thousand in all, then. About one thousand in all. That's our expenses going up and down to Nuri, right? Which you know, for diesel and I suppose time off and stuff like that. You know, very good. Very good. Yeah, so, so the yeah. net cost would have been about €1,000 towards right, max. So, so that, that's doable over a period of time. It is. And the way they structure it up there in Nuri as well, you pay 200 sterling every time that you visit. Ah, so okay. you're not paying out 2500 sterling on the one go. You're Very paying 2000 every or 200 sterling every visit. And tell me, did you have any difficulty with the reimbursement? Um, no, not really, no, to be honest. They, they did send me out a letter to send back in a couple of more uh, proof of uh, funds mm. that I had to send them in a couple of bank statements there showing that I had paid 200 sterling on the days that they looked for. Yes. Um, but, you know, I kind of had all my homework done beforehand, so I knew to keep all the receipts Every time that I went up there, we used to go into McDonald's and we used to get, you know, young and, you, you know, uh, mm. she used to get one of those um, wraps in yes. McDonald's. Yeah. So we'd keep that receipt and that's proof that you're in Nuri that day. Ah, very of good. Yes. Your day of treatment. Yes. So, I, you know, you have to get a folder together and put everything that you do on that day into that folder, you know, your receipts. But... It was so much cheaper. I mean, like, the waiting list here, I mean, James was saying it's gone to six years. I mean, mm. that's, that's mm. bananas, yeah. you know? I mean, and um, his son is 11. I mean, six years, he'd be 17, you know? He'd be 17. And, he'd and be not even guaranteed it at that point, I suppose, David. You not know? guaranteed yeah. it, but, you know, he'd be going out to discos at that stage. Yes. And, you know, he'd be meeting girls and whatever. And, you know, you wouldn't have all that done beforehand, yes. you know, in the... Early teens, is you know. there a criteria, though, David? I mean, can everybody? I doubt if everybody can access this. No, or can no, they? Yeah. no. What, what is, is it? There is a criteria. You have to meet a certain. Um, Said their teeth have to be bad enough to go yes. for it. You know what I mean? Okay. Now, our girl's teeth were just growing a bit up in her gums, and she had a few crooked ones. You know, but the criteria, if. You know, if they tell them here in Torless or in the HSE that they need braces, well, then the HSE will just give you a letter stating that 
uh, your child's uh, T, I think it was T1 or T2 or something like that, uh, that that's where they are. Um, and then you just send that letter into the cross-border. Right. So if your well. dentist determines that your child needs this orthodontic treatment, that, that, yes. that satisfies the criteria. That should that do, it? yeah, yeah. Either the HSE clinic in your local area or else, I mm. suppose, your own dentist. But um, definitely get in touch with the cross-border directive before you do anything and just have all your ducks in a row. Now, you, uh, I, I presume you, d- until you went to your public representative, you didn't know about this. I presume you were just going in, t- in terms of the length of time you were going to be waiting. I was, didn't was have a clue about right. it. You might as well but, name the public representative you went to see that. It's a, it's a good story. Uh, I don't like reading Do you not? Okay. Well, no, look, you know what, friend? You know, Michael Lowry. Right. You know, Michael Lowry, you know, he's the man here in Torres that gets anything done. Right, so you, you, know, you went uh, to Michael Lowry and he informed you about I this. did, yeah, yeah. He 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 was very, very uh, knowledgeable about it up there and his staff. And, mm. you know, he was able to point us in the right direction, which I'm very grateful for. Mm. Um, so we didn't have a clue about it, and I don't think many parents do. But... Mm. Um, yeah, well, I know that James obviously don't because he's... He's in distress over what's happening where he's somewhere yeah, he is yeah. concerned. You know? Well, my own cousin didn't have a clue either. He had two children done. Hmm. And he had them done before my kid. And, and did he pay uh, privately? He paid privately. Well, you know, yeah. I was at a party one night and I, I said to him, Jesus, I'll tell you, I won't tell you tonight, but I'll tell you I'll tell you some other time mm. because you'll only be in bad form at the party tonight. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, um, yeah. yeah, like, but... Um, now, you have to get teeth out before you get the braces done, you know? Just, now, just explain um, that to me now, David. What, what do you mean by that? Well, y- you have to make room ah, for the okay. teeth, you know? So, well, in my daughter's case, that was the case. Right. Now, m- my daughter is absolutely in fear of needles and being um, dentists and all sure. that. Yeah. But I just have to mention the man over Nina there. Mm. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, he's able to sedate the children and he's able to take the teeth out. Now, there's not many dentists that can do that. But he's uh, Dermot Murnan mm. over over there in Nina. Absolutely unbelievable work what he does, you know, the way he's able to, you know, because to get a needle into my girl's arm is not easy. Right, so he and was able to, to allay her fears and then... Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely brilliant. Isn't you know? that fantastic? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So and that was done locally. That was the only thing that we had to do locally. He took out four teeth for her over there. And um, then we went up to Norrie then, uh, as soon as her gums were healed, which was a few weeks. And, and how long ago, ago was this, David? Uh, it's about, I suppose we started our journey with that about two years ago. Right. And how is she now? Oh, she's perfect. The, yeah. the breasts are off there since just before Christmas. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. And um, they're all straight and perfect and everything. Absolutely fantastic job. Yeah, is a great idea. Did she have any difficulty? Did she have any difficulty with the braces? Because I know my son did for a while that they were uncomfortable and the like. Did she have any? Uh, yeah, but um, I think there's a wax or something that she got up in the, up in, uh, the clinic in Nuri for that. They put on this wax and that should alleviate the thing. Now, there was times that uh, one of the brackets might have uh, come off or something or broke. Yes. Now, that happened, I think, twice. Uh, we just phoned up uh, Zen Orthotics up in Nuri for that and um, they just talked us through it over the phone and they said, look, you're back to us another few weeks, just find the way it is, no need to come up and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was all relatively painless. It was, uh, it was a great experience and I'd highly recommend anyone that has 
kids to get their um, rest to find done. Out James, yeah. James was actually back to us and he says that Matthew McGrath's office uh, gave him information yesterday about the orthodontist in, in, in New York. Well, so I was he's surprised, going to yeah. yeah. I was yeah. surprised about, with Matthew McGrath yesterday. He was on with you there just as you were mm. talking about James. Mm. And, um, you know, he was talking about that poor lady that died Very over in Carmel. And he wasn't able to pick up on it there to tell James. I thought, I said, Jesus, mm. Matty is on now. He'll definitely tell about well, James. Well, in but, fairness, yeah. he, did, he did pick up on it, but by the nature yeah. of what we were chatting yeah. about, it probably would have been I appropriate know, to go into something else. It's, True, it's interesting, yeah, yeah. David, that uh, one of our listeners saying, and you, you'll really feel for this woman, I would imagine, uh, my daughter is on the orthodontist uh, list now for four years. We were told the waiting list was three to four years at the time. I contact, uh, contacted them lately, and they told me I'd be waiting for another four years. That's eight in total, it's a disgrace. My daughter is now 15 and very conscious of her teeth, but I can't afford to pay privately. I mean, that's... Yeah, well, I can just say, you know, um, if she went to... If she went up to Nuri to do it, to a cost her 200 euro or 200 sterling every two months, you know, that's yeah. the way it works. And then you have about, say, 12 visits to the north to do that. So you spread your payments out over your 12 visits, 200 sterling a month. And we found that doable, you know. Um, to pay privately, I think, I don't know if you have to pay out on the one go or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, probably, ours was just yeah. in 200 euros installments, every, or 200 sterling installments that, every that, time. That helped you to budget, obviously, David. Oh, Ford, she could, yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't paying out 2,500 sterling in the one go. It was just 200 sterling every four weeks we were up there. Another, or eight weeks. Another lady says, I had my daughter in a clinic in one of uh, Tipperary's towns uh, two years ago with severe overcrowding in her teeth. I was told the waiting list for assessment was two years and then five additional years for treatment, which meant she would be 19 by the time she would be treated. And, yeah. then, and then too old, of course, for HSE treatment. Uh, this is the first I ever heard of dental being available on the cross-border scheme. Um, she started treatment privately uh, last year. So a lot of people are opting to, to pay big money and they, they're not aware of this. Well, they just don't know about it, you know. Um, When you have the likes of Michael Laurie there that can tell you about these things, it's just great because our own, you know, HSE won't tell you themselves, you know. But I will say I I had another cousin and his daughter was in college when she got the braces on. Now, I think she was still covered with the HSE to get them done in college because she was on the waiting list. Mm. So hopefully that might help out hopefully, those yeah, previous quarters. I don't know now. You have to check it out. David, will you stay with me for a moment? Because Natasha, in fact, is the lady who authored uh, that last uh, text, and she joins me. Good morning, Natasha. Good morning. And good to talk to you. Your your daughter. Will you just uh, explain to me what what happened? She has uh, overcrowding in her teeth. Is that it? Yeah, she has severe overcrowding yeah. um, in her teeth, and I tried to get an appointment in the clinic. Um, I suppose it was about 2019. It was yeah. during COVID. And, um, and what age I was she then, Natasha? She was 11. Mm. Okay. And I was told they'd send out an appointment. They were very busy because of COVID. Then, of course, they mm. weren't um, taking in as many people. I never got an appointment. And I rang back months after, and the same again, we'll send you an appointment. I eventually got an appointment then, um, in 2020, just mm. coming into 21. And when he looked at her teeth then, he said that it was severe overcrowding. She had some baby teeth left that never fell out. So they'd have to be taken out and she would have to look at 
at braces then. Um, but he told me straight out in, in the clinic that it was two years for assessment and then probably looking at five years before treatment. Good God. Um, which meant she would be... She, she wouldn't be able to be seen right, then. So she'd be 19, she'd be over, over the age for, yeah. for for it to be helped. And yeah. so she went down the route of, of private, is that it? Yeah, yeah. And can I ask you what that cost, Natasha? €4,900. Wow, wow. And it would have been cheaper if we could pay it all at once. They do, I don't know, was it 20% off or something if, right. if you can pay it in full as well. But you paid it on a plan of some kind, did yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, had you any awareness about this cross-border no. treatment? No, I knew I had heard. I knew you could get... Uh, I heard of people going for, like, uh, eye operations and, you know what, but I, I, I thought... It was cataracts and the like, yeah. Yeah, cataracts yeah. and that, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't realise dental was, was involved in it. Right. So, in the meantime, out of pocket, big time? Yeah, but at the same time, She's getting her treatment now, and right. her teeth have been fixed. So, you know, that's the that's the main thing. Yes, uh, but you'd like to have known about this option. I guess. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Uh, it would have been nice to um, to have it as an option. Yeah. Yeah, uh, David, you've certainly stirred things up. I'm looking at the screen in front of me here and it's absolutely chock-a-block with people's experiences and indeed with the fact that they didn't know about this. Yeah, well, all I can say is it was just our local representative here in Torless that, that put us onto it, and uh, we didn't know about it either. I mean, we're the exact same as everyone else. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a clue about it. Um, we we were surprised, actually, that it was only costing 2500 up in the north. No, 2500 sterling up yes. in Newry. Um, because, you know, the, the quotes down here were, you know, um, a multiple of it, really. Um, yeah. So it was... You know, it just was, you know, it was a no-brainer. It was cheaper, first of all, the cost up there. And second of all, we were getting back 2,100 euros Which is from good, the HSE. I mean, there you are, Natasha. I mean, even if you didn't get reimbursed, you would have gotten it for almost half the price in, in New York. Yeah. Yeah, now I know you have a lot of travel involved, I suppose, maybe. Yeah. Maybe well, we might. There's another thing there, Fran, as well. Sorry, sorry Natasha, but... Um, I mean, charging twenty percent interest rate on um, on the quote she was given is a bit Irish, you know. Well, no, I, I think what happens is you get twenty percent off, Natasha. Is that it? Yeah, if you're it was a discount. Well, yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're paying on the payment plan, you're paying in full, David. Mm-hmm. So that's my. But that's only. But that's only if you yeah if you pay in full, there's an mm. incentive of twenty percent. Yes. But like that to me is a twenty percent interest rate because if you don't pay in full, yeah. you have to pay. 20% more. Yes, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the cost of it is 20% less if you pay up in cash. But if you go, if you choose to go on a plan, that's a 20% interest rate. Yeah, I mean, you'd be better off to go to the credit union or something and do... do you would, to pay out in full. You would, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And Natasha, how is your daughter now? Is she happy about her decision? And Yeah, she is because um, I suppose we were able to go for the Invisalign with her. So she doesn't have the metal braces. Um, and she's she's happier that way, and she knows her her teeth are going to be be sorted at the end of it. But yeah, it, just, it is I mean, great. Yeah, you shouldn't have to go to a, a a public representative to find out about things like this. I mean, yeah, wh- why couldn't the the clinic have have said something? Well, to that, know that's, the that's an interesting one. Did the dentists know about this, uh, David? Do you think? I presume they they must have known about this, don't they? Um, well, I can't comment okay. on that. Okay. I don't right. know what's 
with the dentist to think. I don't know. Okay. Um, but well, it's just that's all I can say is just our experience. Right. Well, it was really good to speak to you both. As I say, the amount of text and, and WhatsApp coming into us on this is incredible. But uh, thanks, Natasha. And thank you, David. Uh, thank, thank you, you for, for all that advice. Thank you. Best of luck, Natasha. Good thank, luck. Thank you. Bye bye. You know, that's uh, David and Natasha speaking to us this morning. And um, Matthew McGrath's office on to say that they've. Uh, assisted many people with uh, the likes of cataracts and hips and knees and other operations done through that cross-border directive. It's a no-brainer of a scheme, they tell us, in terms of time and in terms of efficiency as well. So go along to your local representative and they will have the the info uh, for you where this is concerned. Um, One of our listeners wants to say, Hi Fran, everything in the Republic of Ireland is much higher by way of dentists, doctors, health treatments, etc. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Listen around to tell me that the Ballanderry Road is very slippy and the listener goes on to say it's shocking to say it's not salted with uh, two schools on that road. I had a mishap myself on Monday. It should be salted, says a listener, and somebody else telling me about the uh, Rose Green uh, feathered road that it's treacherous at the moment. And this listener says, be safe out there. So if you are setting out on a journey this morning, just keep it in mind that some roads um, are a little bit, uh, well, more than a little bit in some cases indeed. They're they're slippy and they're dangerous uh, out there. All right, we continue with uh, our chat about the orthodontic uh, treatment that is available uh, through that cross-border uh, directive. And Mary Margaret joins me now. Mary Margaret, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. How are you? I'm very well indeed, and thank you for coming on with me. No um, bother. You, you're in the midst of, of this journey, so to speak. Third trip to Newry with your son? Yeah, we've done our third trip now, and it's very successful, all going very smoothly. Um, they're very efficient up there, but we shouldn't have to travel That's do you know, it's very wrong that we have to travel up there. And would you just but, tell me the the journey you had to making the decision to go to, to Newry? I presume you attempted to get some help here in the Republic. Yeah, so um, Luke was attending the school dentist and he was always, you know, telling us, yeah, Luke will definitely qualify to get braces, you know, yeah. um, because your teeth, they have to be like a certain measurement. Um, so Luke was definitely, you know, he fitted that criteria. Mm. So um, he was then referred down to Clanmel, you know, to the clinic. Mm. So what happens then is they actually put you on a list to get the braces. But when we went to the clinic in Clanmel and she said, yeah, you know, definitely we will be putting him on the list for braces. And I just said, you know, but how long will he be waiting? Um, Minimum of three years. Wow. And what what age was he at that point? 14. 14. 14. Yeah. Yeah, so and it bothers, you know, of course it, does. it bothers kids that have, you know, prominent teeth mm. or whatever. It's a huge thing, especially as they're hitting their teenage years, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, it just gets worse, you know, the confidence levels are low. But um, so, and she actually said to me, um, if he played sport, you know, that um, these teeth could be knocked out. And I'm like, so because you're telling me this, I said, does that put him up the list any, you know, Mm. anywhere Mm. near? No, no, that makes no difference. So you're actually left very frustrated, friend. I can can imagine. And when did you find out that you had another option then? 
Um, so say that was a Friday, um, then I just said, you know, I was so frustrated, like, mm. because even though they're saying, you know, that, um, oh, his teeth could, could get knocked out because she had asked, did he play sport? And he's actually in St. Elby School. He plays a lot of sport. Yes. So, you know, and it's like you are told, oh, you have an option to go private, but there's huge money attached to going private. Like, you could pay up to 5,000 yes. euro. Yeah, that's what we're hearing this morning, yeah. Yeah, so um, out of pure frustration, <laughs> I said, I don't, you know, I wouldn't have any reason to be ringing TDs, but I am most probably familiar with Matty. Mm. So I rang Matty and he said, leave it with me. And within a few hours, Matty got back to me and he said, if you're willing to travel, they will see you next week. There is no waiting list in Nori. Wow. Yeah, and it's just, it's shocking really, friend, if you think about it. Three years down here, no waiting list mm. in Nori. Within so a week, of course, within a week. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. Um, so just disgusted among ourselves and my husband, uh, Jimmy, he just said, yeah, well, like we had thought about private, you know, because we had to do yeah. something. Yeah, of course. But um, after speaking to Matty then, you know, we agreed, we'll travel. And were you sure at that point, Mary Margaret, that you would be reimbursed? Um, yes, we were told at the, it's about it's eighty percent you get back. Okay. Eighty. Yes. Like that's a whole lot better than paying out five thousand and not getting anything back. Is that just? And can you tell me the costs then in Newry? Yeah. So the first consultation was a hundred sterling, mm-hmm. and then um, they tell you then you have an option to pay. The full amount then, mm-hmm. um, which is 2,700 sterling, or you pay in installments. But if you pay up front, you get a discount. Right. Okay. So that seems to be you know, the usual thing. You get a discount if you yeah, with all of them. Yeah. yeah. So the first consultation, I suppose, was a half an hour. Like, And I have to say, they're so efficient. If your appointment is quarter to 10, you're going in at quarter to 10. There is no delays, even in that respect, up there. And um, so the second one then, um, he got his braces. And when we were up on Monday, he got a plate for, you know, top and bottom. Hmm. So you could say, you know, he's very much started going forward. And we will be back up, I guess, uh, will be, you know, you're talking six to eight months or six to eight weeks, sorry, you're back up again. It's inc- you know, and again, without talking to Matty, you you wouldn't have known about this. No, I wouldn't. Ha- I really wouldn't have a clue. Nobody it mentioned was, this was, to you along the way at all. No, no. I suppose there's no clinic down here going to say to you, "Oh, you can go to North." I, 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 I can't get it for half see price it happening. To no, be I honest can't. with you, yes, yeah. But I I do think it's very frustrating for the school dentist that they're referring you, and they know in their heart you're going to be waiting a couple of years. And like, and to be honest, friend, not everybody is able to travel to Nori. It just so happens we're able to manage of that. Of course. Do you know, we're able to manage that. And like. can you do that in a day trip? You don't have a stay over. No, well, actually, I have a, I have a very good friend in Dublin, and we stay there the night before. Right. Very good. Very and good. like that, that's not, you know, not everybody has that option either, because yes. maybe in some people's case they might actually have to stay in a B&B or, a, you know, or maybe a hotel or something, you know, or, mm, mm. you know, in our case, I suppose we're, we're just lucky. You know, we get the train up to Dublin, stay with a friend and then carry on to Nori. And, and you get a train, a train to Nori then, is that it? 
No, no, no. We, my actual friend, yeah. All right, okay. Helps okay. us out there, yeah. Okay, very so, good. So um, we're just very lucky. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not as easy for everybody. Of course, yeah. But you know, I mean, it's, it's come together for you and, and uh, well, yeah, well done yeah. you for that. But yeah. uh, how many more trips? Um, I'm not 100% sure, friend, right. but um, I'd imagine, you know, until they're actually um, happy yes. that the braces and the plates have done what they need to do. And even um, the braces, she said, were already working very well. Which is which is great, and, and he only has them on since the fifteenth of December, and we've just been up there now, the sixteenth of January, and these are working well for him wow, already. It's so efficient, Mary Margaret, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, really, really. There is no, there's no messing when you go up there. You're in for your appointment at the time. And, and how how is he? Out. How is he getting on with them? Is he okay? Um, he finds the plates uncomfortable yeah, this yeah. week, but yeah. I think that's the way things are. You know, I, th- I think that means they're working, in fact. But he's know. very happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's very. He, he was, to be honest, friend. When we were in the clinic in Clanmel, and she said three years, you could see his face drop. Oh my God, the poor, the poor lad. Yeah, yeah, you know. But there's other kids out there. I always feel sorry for the the other kids. I know that yeah. are on the waiting list. Some people, you know, they have no choice. They wait. Of course, they do. Yeah, you know. But, but and it's an all, it, our system is just awful. Actually, somebody said to me, we have no system. Isn't that somebody very, said, we have no system. Isn't that very damning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mary Margaret, you know, and my... I am, you know, and I'm very grateful to Matty for, um, you know, for telling me, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, you know, well, well done. But... Well, that's what the public rep- representatives are there for, Mary Margaret. Yeah, that's, but that's, you don't. Yeah. And another thing also to make people aware of, I know you had other people on, but I mm. didn't hear them all, yeah. that like you, you don't get reimbursed until the treatment, treatment has finished. Yes, yeah, David told us that. Just and, in and, case somebody had And you had have to keep your receipts and all your bits and pieces. Yeah, when that. you're up there, you just, even if it's a cup of coffee somewhere, you have to keep your receipts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But like they already have their part of the form filled out for us already. Right. So it's really efficient stuff. It's great to see. Mary Margaret, lovely to to talk to you. And my best to Luke as well. And thank you so much for your time. It's actually his birthday today. Is it? So you might give him an old shout. Of course. He's in school. Well, tell him we said happy birthday to him, won't you? I will, of course. Thank you, friend. Lovely to talk to you, Mary Margaret. Bye bye to you now. Uh, Jacinta joins me. Jacinta, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. Um, Will you tell me the story of your daughter, Jacinta? Um, My daughter was approved here in the county clinic um, at primary age, um, about 14 or 13. And they said that by the time she comes 16, that um, she, you know, can take three years before she will get them done. We got the teeth extracted that she needed. So we got her teeth cleaned and she went to Washford. And now she's 23 in March and still no braces. Oh, my God. They said that um, because of the lockdown um, that time with the COVID that that held it up, but we still got no appointment. But can I bring this to your attention, uh, Fran? It's um, very more serious, um, to be quite honest with you. My grandson, um, he turned five on the 5th of December of this year. Mm. He was attending the, the the clinic here in Carmel um, with two teeth that had to be extracted, two ease teeth at the bottom. Um, 
he was put on a waiting list down in Cork to have them removed. A, a year's waiting list. The child had had um, 11 antibiotics from June until the beginning of November where we stopped them. Oh my God. Um, he, we contacted the private um, dentist in Cork, a six week, sorry, a six month waiting list. The child cried and cried and cried for months and months and there's nothing we could have done done for him, only neurofilm and his antibiotic. So he's we been in pain, in pain for all that time, just In pain, a child of that age. We contacted the private at dentist in Waterford another six weeks. It's 3,600 to get the two teeth removed. What? Privately. 3,600? I, I yeah. presume it requires then what? Uh, does it require it an overnight, uh, overnight stay and... That a bed. Of, bed yeah. They don't even stay overnight. They they go in probably a half seven or eight in the morning, and they're there until probably four or five in the evening. Three and a half thousand for him to be brushed asleep. You see. Oh my God! So we contacted all the dentists here in, in Clamel, but they don't take children. But they did feel for us. So um, we contacted the dentist in Dublin. Another six private. Another uh, six months waiting list. So eventually we got a letter in October from uh, Kilkenny, St. Luke's and Kilkenny, but they couldn't take it out until he was after turning five. So he got them out on Wednesday, um, the Wednesday before Christmas Day. And how is he now, Jacinta? He's eaten, Fran. He's he's after putting up weight. You see. Um, What happened, Fran, with uh, Amoxil, he was being given... That's the antibiotic. Yes, yeah. it's full of sugar, so he ended up getting a wicked bad dose of worms. Oh, Lord. The so we had a wicked that. problem there with that. And um, he's back playing his sport. He, he plays soccer. He's back playing that because uh, he goes to the private um, training yeah. of his yeah. age. And um, he's a way different child. He's in school every day and he's eating his dinners. He couldn't put nothing to his mouth but the crying and the weight loss. Well, really and truly, it's not on. Now, there, I'm sure there's a lot more uh, children out there um, with the same situation with this, uh, uh, and because of their age can't get these teeth out. But that's not acceptable at all. No, it's not. So the clinic, the clinic, like all they could uh, do is give us antibiotics and keep sending emails to the dentist down in Cork. But he but was it, distressed all this time and he was crying. Oh my. He was... And, and he'd start kicking the ground and kicking the walls. With frustration. Yes, yes. And there were nothing we could do. You know, but Bangela on his gums, the antibiotic that wasn't doing a thing for him, only causing more medical problems. You know, so... And and somebody, and going back to your daughter's situation, I mean, when you yes. hear from David and you heard from Mary Margaret there as well... Yeah, yeah. That, that they could have, that she could have gone and got treatment in cross border. Yeah, I yes. mean, but obviously you never heard about this. We did never you? heard about that, or it was never explained to you as an option, or no, and it wasn't explained to us of an option, and um, we didn't get any options really. Only to wait 
in the in the clinic for Caden. We got no other options. And your daughter you know? now at age twenty two or twenty three, she still she's has an issue with, with, with her, t- now, with her teeth. Yeah. Our friend. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. She still has an issue obviously with her yes. teeth. Yeah. Yes. Her like she wouldn't smile in photographs or anything ah, like that. The poor dot. God. Yeah. And nowadays that everything is so aesthetic, you know, and we have to yes. be looking this way yes. and that way. And, yeah, I know. But something needs to be done um, for children. Children shouldn't have to go through this pain, Seamus. I, I, I was talking to Seamus Healy earlier. <laughs> no problem at <laughs> so, all, Jacinta. No um, bother. You look after yourself, Jacinta, and my best to, to your daughter and your grandson. Call, Thank and you. And I hope this might be awareness for um the government to try and do something for well, these children. Hopefully so, and well said to you. Thanks, Jacinta. Thank you. Good morning to you. Back in a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now, yesterday I was speaking, is speaking, I was speaking to uh, Eddie Reid from um, uh, the Dean Maxwell campaign, I beg your pardon, from the St. Bridget's campaign in Carrick Insure. And in the course of that conversation, seemingly I made the point that local representatives seem to be more vocal and more active about Dean Maxwell's situation in Rossgrave than they were uh, about uh, St. Bridget's over the years. Well, uh, one of our listeners uh, taking a bit of a, an issue with me on that is Tom, and he joins me now. Tom, good morning to you. Good morning, <laughs> really, really good to talk to you today, Tom. You take a bit of an issue with that, Tom. Why, do, why so? Because of all the... Whatever they were doing... The, the, the position with the Dean Maxwell at the moment is it's worse now than the last time I was speaking to you. Yeah. I can tell Eddie and they, they'll have their representation in the Dáil on Thursday. Mm. We were gone backwards instead of forwards. The, 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 the last time I spoke to you on, on this file, we we had gathered or we had a meet and all the local reps were at and we asked them to go as one mm. to the government but the following morning, they were all gone in different directions. Now, following that meeting, uh, Mick Smith, the, the councillor, arranged to, to bring uh, the, the local parish council mm-hmm. and the, the 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 county council. We ended up with we had more than enough land to build two or three nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Now. The HSE have always uh, took cover behind the fact that Dean Maxwell was landlocked. It was no longer landlocked. But as I said, we we, we had all those. Now the position in Ross Grey is that we don't. We have a different parish council. We have a different clergy. They were all on board with us, and I'm firmly convinced had they done. Had the, the reps done what we asked them to do, to go as one, that we we, we wouldn't be having this discussion no. now. But Tom, I think I mean with that. Do you remember the meeting with Stephen Donnelly and Mary Butler, and yeah. officials of the department? And I think it was last summer. I think Michael Lowry told me that the future of long term care there was secured. Friend, the position at the moment is if you go into the Dean Maxwell, you'll be told you're only coming in short time. You'll be sent to Nina later. Yeah. That's the position on the ground. You mentioned that meeting. There was to be a second meeting. Now, I've made inquiries. No, I don't even think I could be wrong. I don't think that second meeting never took place. Mm. There, there, there was that. That was to be held, 
But what, what's annoying me now is that I I heard you and that lady from Templemore. Mm-hmm. She said she was congratulating or thanking the, the, the local representatives. She said they stood shoulder to shoulder. Uh, but have they ever stood shoulder to shoulder for... For, for the Dean Maxwell, I never heard. They all go their different and ways. Is it a political football then, Tom, I oh, suppose is the question. It definitely is. is. Sure, they're sniping at one another. As I said, we asked them to go as one, and the following morning they were off on their own way. Mm. Now, Martin Brown at one stage called a meeting, and he asked them to go to one. Mm. That came nothing. But as far as I know, Val, that second meeting never took place. I, I, I could be wrong there, because I go on... It's harder to get a yeah. factual statement here. Well, when, when I knew you were coming on, Tom, I had a look at it this morning, and, uh, you know, in my notes, that was the last that we had on the Dean Maxwell, was that, that notice that it was secure for long-term care. But It's not It's not secure for long-term care. It's actually gone back. It's gone yeah. backwards. So you can tell any reason, John Mel, that, that uh, we've, we've moved back. They've, they've moved forward. Right. Uh, I mean, they, they, they come along and they, they tell the people, you know, they'll have a meeting and they'll pay them lip service and they tell them they were great, they, they were responsible for, for bringing the mm. the country up off its knees after the... But when it comes to doing something, they all go their own way. They, they, they're not interested. But you see, all the health services, it makes no sense to me because a place like Dean Maxwell, I mean, would alleviate so many of the issues that UL has, for example, you know, in terms of having step-down beds, having respite, all all of this kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, but the the bottom line is, well, the long-term, there's no long-term beds there at the moment, no. I I I I don't know because it's easier to get a leak from a, from a a cabinet meeting than to find out for for certain what's going on. And are, are you of the opinion at this point that the beds available in Nina um, is really what put pay to 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 Dean Maxwell? Without a shadow of a doubt. Right. I mean that, that, that it was either or as far as you're concerned. It, was yeah. That? Yeah. But as far as I know, though, that, that Nina was built under on the understanding that it would take any overflow from Ross Gray. I don't know why that, that happened, but yeah, you, you turn on the radio and you hear nothing on the Clonmel, Nina, and Torless. Yeah. Ross Gray, the only thing of Ross Gray when an election is coming around, I think. Right. But will people have good memories when the election comes around? And the, well, if we have anything to do with it, we'll remind them every time to call a meeting that the Dean Maxwell was certif- was lost on their watch. Yeah. No, no, Fran, no, I, 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 I'm very much indebted to Dean Maxwell, uh, and uh, there was a, I, I don't know, uh, because as I say, no, I, we don't have the, we have a different clergy now. Mm. We have different parish council, so that's all gone. That would, there, there's no guarantee that we will have that support anymore. Right, and is it is it a, 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 a relearning situation then as well that they have to read into the brief of the history of all of this as well? Is that? Oh, certainly. But the bottom line, as I say, Val, we're no further advanced than we were when the campaign started. All right. So that's a message to carry sure as far as you're concerned, Tom. Is that it? <laughs> it certainly is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Eddie, Eddie Reid, is it? 
Uh, Eddie Reid, yes, he's a, he's a community uh, uh, activist. Uh, Bruce, uh, I looked at Eddie uh, and his presentation to... to, to uh, the petitions to committee, yeah. Yeah, but uh, mm. we, we never got the chance to do that. As mm. I say, Val, that second meeting that was to take place yeah. with Minister Butler and the rest of the... As far as I know, that never did take place. All right, well, we'll try and find out about that. I don't think it did either, but we'll, we'll, we'll certainly try and find Tom, really good to talk to you today, and thank thanks, you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Jermaine Mahaga, Tom. Bye-bye. That's uh, Tom talking to us from Rossgrave today. News is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today. 1800 938 007. That's the free phone number if you want to speak to Emma. Uh, this morning you can text and WhatsApp 83 You can email tip today at tipfm.com. Now, John G. O'Dewar is chairman of uh, Tipperary Tourism, of course, been involved with uh, mid Tipperary hill walking for so many years. But he was speaking to us on Monday on the programme and he warned that a big impediment to the walking tourism industry in Ireland is the lack of B&Bs at this stage. And he's calling uh, for more government support to be made available to people to set up uh, B&Bs. But uh, Margaret joins me online. Now, Margaret, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm I very, love you I'm very yeah. well indeed. Lovely to talk to you, Margaret. Um, B&Bs, how do you feel about B&Bs, Margaret? Well, for me, um, you know, as a retired business person from Tipperary myself, um, the problem is, A, there is a few left, but the ones that are left they want to be refurbished because I bought Australians there uh, a couple of years ago, very short, well, three, four years ago. Mm. And uh, I really looked very hard to get them a place in the central Tipperary. Now, the one I did get was a mother, uh, my sister-in-law, uh, son and daughter, adults. Mm. All three were in the one room. Mm. And uh, that's not... You know, it's not good. And, uh, no, people expect whole, more nowadays, don't they? they? Yeah. Uh, of course they do. And, uh, you know, I was very disappointed for them. Mm. And I was very disappointed myself because I brought them there. Mm. And the thing is, okay, it's grand to say for walking people to and tourism to have more Airbnb. But the problem is, in Tipperary Town, I was there yesterday, mm. there is nothing for to bring uh, tourism into the town itself because they're not there's no support at all mm. to keep the shops open. Now this week alone there's three very valued shops closing. Mm. And um, the thing is, you know, I went in there yesterday and I was starving and I went to three, four different places mm. for food. And this is what tourism wants, is some place to sit down and eat. Mm. Now, three of the four were closed, and the fourth one, I got in by the squeeze of my teeth, I'll be honest. And uh, the lady said to me, and I said, uh, look, I know it's a kind of coffee shop, come, but you do serve a bit to lunch or what, mm. so what have you. So I said, could I have a toasted sandwich and a soup? And... Um, she said to me, well, the toast sandwich is possible, just 20 to 1, and I was starving, freezing. And uh, she said, but the soup won't be ready to 1.30. God almighty. 
And I said to her, I said, I am so cold and I'm hungry and I live in a rural area and I do all my shopping in Tipperary because I like to keep it local. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said to her, you know, okay, I said, we go with the toast thing, we didn't want to tea. I said, because there is three more places that's good in Tipperary, but they were full to the brim. Right. Now, their coffee shop come Mm, and yeah. one in there. But, but, but you'd imagine on a cold day, I mean, you'd imagine that it would be ready for one o'clock, uh, it being lunchtime, you know? Exactly, Fran. That yeah. was my question to her. Where yeah. was she going with soup at half past one? Yeah. You know? And the other thing is, you know, another place I went into, which where I go in regularly, mm. where I, mean, I go do my shopping every week there, and I go in there all the time for uh, pub lunch. And I was met at the door, to be told. There was a funeral coming in. They know me like the back of their hand. Mm. And I said, look, can you give me a small lunch or a toast, a sandwich and something, or anything? And I was refused pint blank. Because they had, they had a funeral booked in. They had a funeral, yes. Well, and uh, you, you think that this, I mean, you know, so you're imagining what would happen then if a tourist or a group of tourists came into the town, they were well, looking for something I to... I know about tourists coming into the yeah. I had a place there, a very big place. Yes. And if a group comes in, they need, maybe if they're coming even in a bus, yes. they're on a time limit. Or a taxi that's bringing two or three, they're on a time. Yes. And they have to be served with food. And the thing is, they have the minimum hour. Well, everything has to be tut, 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 tut. Yes, it's a and window. It's a window. Yeah, it's a window it's of a window. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, where in Tipperary have you that now? Nowhere. Yeah. First, the thing is... Well, there's some, there's some pretty good outlets. And I mean, I, I often have coffee and sandwiches in, in, in Tipperary town, but you're saying there's not enough. Is that, is that what you mean? Well, what I'm saying is you may have, and so have I, but them ones usually are packed. There yes. is three places that are packed out the door. Yes. They're brilliant. Especially exactly. at lunchtime, I guess. At uh, lunchtime. Margaret, yeah. And that's when you want your lunch, yeah. is at lunchtime. You don't want lunch in the evening time. You don't want it in the morning. Right. But, you know, the thing is, the uh, B&Bs are there at the moment. need refurbishing. Yeah. They need to get up to standard with their uh, uh, bed system, the toilets, the whole lot. They need everything to be uh, completed before we bring in any more. Plus, there is no shops now hardly open. One shoe shop left, mm. you know, Walworth has gone all the real good businesses in Tipperary and there is no money being coming in from uh, uh, from you know, anywhere. And you, you, you're a former business person, Margaret. I, am. I mean, yep. are are there supports there for business? Are there enough supports for business to flourish? Not in at the town? all. No. That's why I'm not a businesswoman in Tipperary anymore. The thing is, your USB bill has gone up by four times now. Yeah. And to run a place is costing you four times the amount. Plus you have to pay off staff and you have to pay them properly. Yes. And the thing is, you know, all these people have to be paid before you get a penny yeah. into your pocket. Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, there is nobody supporting Tipperary Town. That's why, you know, you hear there, in between your uh, people speaking, every morning I listen to you, every morning without bed, mm. I'm up at six o'clock listening to you. Thanks, and uh, 
ich habe Lokal. Mm, yeah. Okay, ich habe Lokal woher? You see, you have the shopping centre outside and that's taking all the people out of uh, tip itself. Yeah. But where are the shops inside in town? Even the lovely news agent is closed. Yes. You know? Well, yeah, you have lovely sports shops there and you have a man, a fantastic man's shop there that I'm very familiar with and you, you have some boutiques and stuff. But you're saying that there's not enough. No, is that, is you're that what saying, you mean? Uh, you're saying there is... Uh, how many of them have you? Sorry about that. Not how many have you? There's only uh, two men's shop. Yeah. There's uh, one ladies' shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I agree with you in terms of vacant premises there down the main right. street. It is it yeah. is unfortunate. They're so. all vacant. And there is one absolutely brilliant place for going in for Tipperary Crystal and everything. That's gone. Yeah. There was the other one then for all stuff from Tipperary. And you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And he's gone. And then anywhere else down along... You can go up and down the street wherever you like. Yeah. All closed and down. And Margaret, you've obviously thought about this in great in great detail. Why is Tipperary Town not flourishing as it should? Because the name is known world. I'm I'm boring people at this stage with it, but the brand is fabulous. You know, I mean, it should be. The brand, now, that main one of the main shops was closing. They did not support that couple. That they are now, I suppose, forty years now left. Yeah. That they're on the main street. They're closing tomorrow. I feel so sorry. And when for you that say company. they, are you saying people didn't support them? Is that is that what you mean? The people didn't support them, yeah. nor the government. Yeah. They didn't get any backing. I mean, during COVID, I mean, they got nothing. Nor either was anybody else. And the Pope's got nothing at all. The hairdressers got nothing. They, they were the two last people to get something. Now, there is the taxi service as well in Tipperary. Mm. We've only the main one, mm. and she got nothing. Mm. And, you know, the thing is, what is that, you know, and then to bring people in from rural areas to Tipperary, we've no ringling bus to go to Tip, they're going to Tolbus and they're going to Limerick. So, the thing is, why isn't Tip on the map when it's all over the world, you know? Mm. And and uh, answer, answer me that, Margaret, why, why are there such difficulties in, in the town? Because the government are just ignoring them. Right. But, but you know who they're supporting? There is a hotel in Tipperary, Wood uh, Chalet, and they have them full to the top. I have no, absolutely no problem with refugees, but they have them full to the top with refugees. Now, in the summertime, when the people want to come to Tipperary, Dim Chalets, my daughter was even coming from Switzerland, stayed in one of those chalets. Mm. Mm. Now, where should you stay this summer? Because they're full of refugees. Well, it's it's you know? a, it's an issue not just for Tipperary. That's an issue right around the country. In fact, it's going to be interesting it what is. happens where tourism is concerned. Margaret, thank yes. you for raising so many issues with us this morning. And yeah. uh, lovely to talk to you. And we appreciate your time, a, Margaret. Yeah, and it was a pleasure talking to you as usual. You know, you're a brilliant man and uh, I love your show. I really do. Ah, you're, um, you're very kind. Thank you, Margaret. Yeah. Look after yourself. Thanks. Thank you and bye-bye to you now and best of luck to you as well. That's Margaret speaking to us from uh, the Tipperary Town area today. How do you feel uh, about that? Now, yesterday we received a letter from a concerned employee. 
uh, to our dear Phil Slot, our agony aunt, Phil Prendergast. And uh, this is the person in question had too many drinks, I suppose, at the Christmas party, and it resulted in her kissing the accountant and indeed flashing her line manager. Now, we posted the letter on our Facebook page, and Shannon joins me now. Shannon, good morning. Morning. And uh, great to talk to you, Shannon. How do you feel about? Do you feel for this lady? I mean, she she had a bit too much, and she went a bit over the top. But now she's finding great difficulty in going to work every day. Uh, well, she's for a small bit on the having to face people, but I don't think she should be ashamed of herself because everyone has to let their hair down every now and then. Mm. And uh, and the fact that there's a video doing the rounds as well that is haunting her in some way. How how do you feel about that? Well, I think whoever took the video was a sad individual to do that circulate the fair. Yeah. It's not really, not really on it. So let, let her have a good time and flag her about it in the morning, but don't be recording her. Right, and that that's the thing, isn't it? And seemingly it's been passed around to everybody and anybody as well. I, I was rather concerned about her own wording about herself, though. She said her final line was, I will always be known as the tramp at the Christmas party. And what a shame that she sees herself as that. Oh, it is. It's wicked because, Jesus, the state I've been in, I hate to know what I've been known as. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've had an odd party, Shannon, have you? Oh, I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well, once and, laugh with us, it'll be a story for the next work party next year. Yeah. What What about the fact, though, that she's, she's wondering whether she should leave her employment and move on because of this? No, I don't think she should leave at all. I think she should just quit and hold her head up high and... Look, we all do it. Nobody knows what's going on in her life. Maybe she needed to yeah. take the drinks and to get out, you know, let her hear. Yeah, I, I often say to people that back in the 1970s and the 80s, uh, some of the stuff that I saw, it's as well that mobile phones weren't uh, cameras at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's sad that everyone reaches their phone nowadays. Like, I know, I know, yeah. It's actually, you don't know where you're going to get caught. <laughs> And, that, and that's the problem, isn't it? Shannon, it's great to talk to you and thank you for your time today. And apologies, just the line there wasn't all it should be to uh, Shannon. And that's making reference to that uh, letter that came into us to our dear Phil Slot yesterday, the lady part of a, a big uh, a company who went out on a Christmas party. And um, this lady, I presume she was partaking of, a, of a, a free bar and the like, went a little bit over the top, a little kiss with the accountant and uh, uh, flashing her, her, her line manager uh, as well. But uh, one of the things that intrigued me about it as well is one of her older female colleagues uh, gave out to her for her behaviour and said she needed to mind herself uh, drinking and behaving like that. Interesting. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Getting lots of correspondence about the dentist and the orthodontics. Um, this listener says, my son attends John Buckley in Clonmel for his braces and like that we considered Newry, but when we counted up the cost of travel, food, possibly overnight accommodation on the trip to Newry, it was all going to add to the cost. Uh, so we went to John Buckley and we have a great payment scheme and it's only in the road and the treatment is second to none. So that's uh, from one of our listeners today. Now we were speaking to... Uh, 
Margaret there about Tipperary Town. Somebody on to say care is ten times worse than Tipperary Town because there's no shoe shop, no ordinary uh, women's clothes shop. And if you want socks or underwear, you have to go to Clan Mills, as a listener on 083-311-3311. Another listener saying, anytime I'm passing through Tipperary Town, I stop at Dunn's Shopping Centre. There's a great restaurant there, it certainly is, I know it well. And lovely food and very nice staff there. And uh, that's for sure. I love that restaurant, in fact. Uh, somebody else saying, why did the council not grit the Calais Road to Templemore? It's very, very icy at the moment. All right, let us uh, stick with that letter to uh, Phil Prendergast, our agony aunt, yesterday. And again, just to remind you, it's the lady who had too much to drink at the Christmas party and uh, got a got a little a little sort of Christmassy, shall we say. Well, Tara joins me now. Tara, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. And good to talk to you today. You certainly think this lady should not leave her job over this, Tara? No, definitely not. I, I don't think so at all. I know it's a bit embarrassing, but I definitely wouldn't walk out of the job over having getting a bit too merry over Christmas. Yeah. What, what do you think about the way the colleagues are, are treated? The video to begin with, I mean, that's kind of unfair, isn't it? Yes, I think that's very unfair because there, there's no need for it. Everything seems to have to be videotaped at this day and age and you can't seem to go out, but there's a camera in your face. Yeah. And I mean, whatever about videotaping something for a bit of a laugh among yourselves, I mean, to put it up on a platform where it's available to everybody is just... Yeah, no, that's not nice at all. You know, you took particular exception, though, to the older colleague and the advice from the older colleague, I think, Tara, did you? Yeah, I just thought it wasn't a nice way to talk to to anybody, whether male or female, Hmm. because you wouldn't be the first person to go out and and leave your hair down. Sure, plenty of people do it at weekends. Sure. Never mind Christmas. Um, I just thought it was very unfair to to say, like, to her, you know, there was just no need. Cause yeah, she said that um, she gave out to her, in fact, about her behaviour, as she saw it, and said that she needed to mind herself drinking and behaving like that, which is rather rather judgmental, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. I think... People go out to leave their hair down. You hear it so many times, I can't wait till Friday. Can't wait till Saturday so I can head out with my friends, leave their hair down and have, you know, the crack here in Ireland, as we call it. Like, plenty of people do it. It doesn't have to be Christmas. It happens at the weekends. But to turn around to somebody and go, you know, your behaviour is disgraceful. You could you could get hurt or in trouble for that. It's, that's not nice at all. It, it, it certainly isn't. And do you know something that, that occurred to me as well? I said earlier on that I was particularly uh, saddened at uh, the the notion that she would think of herself as a tramp. She said, I will always be known as the tramp at the Christmas party. But a listener was onto us. Now, I'm not sure whether it was a, a man or a woman. But the listener says, um, sure, let's face it, she was a tramp. I know. That's, really? That, that you know? person wasn't even there at all to even have an opinion these days by just seeing a small clip on the internet they wouldn't know the full backstory or what even what happened throughout the night all they're getting is that tiny clip where people made her out to be like that I know I I, I understand why she feels mortified um, 
but I, I wouldn't leave my job. I'm like if she wanted to, she could transfer. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not a nice situation to be in either. That you go out with a group of people you think are friends, uh, or even colleagues or work colleagues, and you're being videotaped, or you're being you know made out to be. Yes, of course. But you know, Tara, something you said to us in your correspondence, I was particularly taken with. You said, "I would love if us women." could back up and support each other instead of ripping us down. Um, tell, yeah. me, tell me about that, because I've often said that on the programme. I've witnessed it myself, that women can be their own worst enemy. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, as I said in my correspondence, I was saying, I was just thinking it would have been nice if one of the women went up and said to her, look, we've all been there. Mm. You know, there has been a time I went out and I left my hair down. Well, my girlfriend's kept an eye on me mm. and they made sure I was home safe. Yes. That's what I was thinking. And do you think it would have been better and it would have been more Christian if somebody looked after her? Well, yeah, but they didn't have to kind of go up in her face to look after her either. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. could have just kept an eye on her throughout the night Yes, and made sure it was okay. And certainly not make this worse. No. Like, you don't need to, to make somebody feel ashamed like there's just no need for it yeah. you know the, like I was looking at a lot of different comments and loads of people were putting up underneath it oh my god you remember that year that we did this at Christmas I've even done it myself like yeah. I, I ended up leaving a party with a potted plant <laughs> and <laughs> why because, um, I went with my friend to a Christmas party and the guy she was hoping to to spend the night with there, mm-hmm. um, got off with another lady. So um, we decided to take his potted plant from his bathroom. <laughs> and well, apparently all you could see was us running down the road in Carrig and the potted plant bobbing up over the cars. We were trying to hide. And now we to laugh, but back then I was more when I woke up the next morning, I was like, oh my God, where did the plant come from? Go on, tell me, there's and not a piece of video of that anywhere, is there? <laughs> no, no, thank God. But I'm just saying, I've been there myself, but thankfully, there wasn't people there videoing me, yeah. if you get me, because we've all been in situations, maybe not as bad, but we all have. But as I said, it would be nice for us women to stick up and back each other up. Yeah, absolutely. Stay, stay with me, Tara, for a moment because Dee is joining me as well. Dee, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, Dee. I think you might be in uh, agreement with Tara about this, are you? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think as well as like being kind to each other, right, if someone does something that you don't agree with, that's okay. It's still better to be kind about it. Mm. You know, if we're yeah. gossiping about people, making fun of people, it's it's so unnecessary. Like people know, people do a lot of talking nowadays about how important mental health is, mm, and it's point. things like mm. gossip that really can hurt people's mental health. And my experience is that genuinely happy people don't make fun of in a mean way or gossip about other people. So I think if you find yourself gossiping about someone, speaking badly about them, maybe stop and just ask yourself. Is there something else that I could be doing with my time and energy that would benefit my life more and be kinder to that other person? And to the people who are being gossiped about or like that lady who's hurting, 
calling herself names because of what happened. Mm -hmm. I would advise that she takes control of that story herself, okay? And don't be listening to what other people tell you about it. She gets to decide what that is. And I think it's something that if she's if she's blessed with old age, this is one of those stories that you look back on and have a laugh with. Things can seem like the end of the world when you're in the throes of them. But, you know, I think it'll be something that she'll be able to giggle about in the future. And while she's going through it, you know, you hear people talking about using positive affirmations yes. and saying things mm. to yourself. I recommend, like, beneficial, optimistic self-talk, right? Because sometimes being positive might not work. You might be struggling for what you're going through. Mm. Like that lady, for example, if she says, like, I'm fine with this, I'm okay, I'm happy, that might not feel authentic to her because she might be struggling with what's happening. But being honest and saying, okay, I'm finding this tough, but... I will learn from this. I will become stronger than this. I love myself enough to say, hey, I enjoyed myself. It's okay to enjoy myself. I will not let myself feel ashamed. I will embrace the experience that I had. And I just think when we use that kind of like positive self-talk to ourselves, it can really help change how we feel and help lift away those like heavier emotions. That's and very, the stigma that we put on ourselves. Very wise words. You also went on to say in your correspondence with us, hold her head up high and let the storm uh, pass. Do you agree with Tara that, you know, women should support each other a bit more? And, uh, you know, instead of pulling somebody down when they're, when they're already down. Yeah, I just think pulling anyone down is like, why bother? You know, yeah, like yeah. why we seem, there seems to be... Um, you know, a culture of uh, of gossiping and having a go with people and stuff. But look, mm. we've all made mistakes and you all know when something happens and mm. you feel bad about it, you're your own punisher. You don't need somebody to, to get on top of you about great it. That's point, yeah. You, you are punishing yourself enough. Yeah, mm. and so often it's not something that we should be punishing ourselves for anyway. Like, yeah. you know, this lady kissed someone what like I don't know any of the backstory, but that might have made the accountant nice. Like it might have made her nice. So like People are allowed to kiss. People are allowed to express themselves. So often it's not what happened. It's how other people interpret it that upset us. Yes. Yes. We can all just be a bit kinder to each other and say that we're all in life together. We're trying to get through it. And There's and, enough and problems the in the world without making more. Absolutely. But the bloody video, D, you see, you know, that that's, that's a huge part of this, isn't it? The fact the video is still doing the rounds. Yeah, first of all, I would probably find out who made that video and I'd tell them to delete it. I would ask anyone that has a copy of the video to have actually a bit of respect and delete that video because you know you wouldn't like it if you were in that situation. Just asking people to have a bit of cop on. Don't take videos of people when they're in a vulnerable state. Don't share private videos of people. It's just be a better person. You don't need to do that. If someone sends it to you, you can delete it. You don't need to share it with someone. If someone starts gossiping or laughing at someone to you, you have the ability in that moment to actually say, no, actually, I don't like talking about other people or that makes me feel uncomfortable or no, I'm okay with what she did. I don't think we should talk about this. I just think if more people stood in their own authenticity and didn't fall into the trap or the habit of gossiping and sharing news in an over-dramatised way that we'd all feel a lot better for it because deep down it does not make you feel happy to talk about other people in a negative way. You might get a bit of a drama buzz off it, a bit of a a fake high from it but deep down in your Mm. heart whether you want to admit or not it doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't make them feel good. 
So it would just benefit everyone if we could all just accept that people have different ways of doing things and just let them off to yeah. do it. Tara, I presume you'd agree with all of that, would you? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with her because, like, I have three daughters and all I could say is if it was one of my girls, I wouldn't like that to be done to them. Yes. You know, I wouldn't like somebody to, to be out videotaping them. I wouldn't like it, first of all, to go on the internet because there's a pandemic going on of bullying all over the internet and people taking their lives because mm, yeah. they are being continuously harassed by people that don't even know the story, don't even know what happened. And these keyboard warriors hiding behind the screen. And I, I agree, it shouldn't be happening. And yeah. I wouldn't like that to happen to myself. And, and Dee, what about what about Tara's point that she took issue with the fact that the older female colleague gave out to this girl for her behaviour and told her she needed to mind herself uh, with the way she was drinking and behaving. Um, what did you make of that, Dee? No, because I wasn't there for that conversation, I think there's, there's two ways that I interpreted that. Right. One was that lady might actually genuinely care about her and okay. be thinking, geez, yeah. if the wrong people were there, could she have got taken advantage of? Yes. Yeah. And so... In some way, there might, I don't know, but it might not have been that either, but there might be a chance that that lady actually cares but didn't know how to express that worry properly and kind of just said, will you just, do you know, and kind of maybe had a go at her instead because I do think that sometimes if we see people in a state that we think might lead to trouble if there were people that were not good people there, so she might have just genuinely been worried for the woman and at the same time, if that was how she felt, she could have maybe expressed herself in a better way to let her know that this actually isn't judgment. This is just, I'm worried about you and I care, which makes people feel very different if they realise that someone yes. cares about them as opposed to someone but, being mean to them. Do you know, but funnily enough, Dee, I mean, if a man was to give that advice nowadays with this whole woke thing and all of that, um, he could be taking to ta- taken to task because, I mean, if I advise a young woman, for example, you know, well, you, you need to mind yourself. You're going a bit over the top. You like that. It could be perceived as something else. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think um, in this whole, like, politically correct woke culture, I think there's a lot of good intentions, but there's also a lot of... We take words seriously and we don't leave room for intention anymore it's like if you use the wrong combination of words you are now the bad person and I think that you have to take into account who's saying it what kind of person they are, judge someone as a whole person not just the words that they use and because I know a lot of people are afraid to speak now Yes, yeah. in case they're picked up the wrong way but to know what you say and why you say it, if you say something with a good intention, if you say something and you don't mean it in a bad way, to not be bet back by people who maybe like don't like your choice of words because it's I heard someone say recently that, you know, like politically correct culture is also kind of the death of integrity. Mm. Yeah. And being authentic to yourself because we get so worried about the words that we're using and are they right, the right way of saying something, that we actually limit our self-expression. We all make mistakes sometimes. We all say things that come out wrong. I yes. do that the whole time. Well, I'm like, oh, that's not how I we need to look it. at the intention as opposed to the wording. Is that it, Dee? I think so. And yeah. if you have a problem with what someone says, I think you should you should say to them, like, we'll say so. If a man said something to a woman and she didn't feel comfortable with that, she should say 
explain to him I didn't feel comfortable with that and let him know why give him a chance to explain to him himself or to teach him why that made her feel uncomfortable if we could move into a space where we all help each other to learn and grow about what different people's boundaries are and what feels comfortable um, I think that we'd live in a much better society because we'd all be helping to teach each other through the problems well, and the struggles that we're facing. That's very wise words indeed. Uh, Dee and uh, Tara, thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning on uh, that. And we're getting loads more into us uh, on it as well. That's one of our letters to dear Phil uh, yesterday on the programme. We'll take a break. Back in a moment. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage We're still Garage hearing about um, roads that are a little dodgy with uh, ice and the like, and I'm hearing that the Temple Tui Road heading for Johnstown is uh, pretty bad uh, uh, in that area as well. Um, and one more just on the party girl. Uh, Fran, I don't think she should leave her job over what happened at the party and I don't think that she's a tramp. But I do think she needs to be careful when she's drinking if she behaves like that. If she has nobody to look out for, excuse me, if she's putting herself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position when she's drunk. But on the flip side, Fran, if that was a man who was flashing a female colleague or employee and kissing female employees would it be a laugh then or would it be reported to his bosses or the guards for sexual assault now that's that's food for thought is it not 1800-938-007 now at a lengthy meeting of Midwest hospital campaign team volunteers this week the details were finalised for a mass protest about what, as they see it, has been inflicted upon the people of the region by the failed and discredited reconfiguration of our hospitals and emergency departments. Now, the Nina Needs Its A&E campaign is inviting anybody who can possibly be there to join the protest this coming Saturday, starting at the City Hall in Limerick. And to talk to me about this, glad to be joined by Conor Reedy and Tanya DeVito. Good morning to you both, and thank you for coming on with us Morning, today. Friend. Morning, friend. Uh, Tanya, can I can I start with you first of all? This uh, protest, you're looking for as many people as possible to be part of this. Yeah, we're looking for um, every single one who can walk or crawl um, or push a buggy uh, to come into Limerick on Saturday. Um, it's starting at eleven o'clock at the Merchants Key outside the old courthouse, uh, going down through Limerick and coming back up to Arthur's Key, and there'll be uh, speakers. Uh, the the, the organiser of the protester, uh, Mike Daly, will be speaking and there'll also be speakers from the Midwest Hospital campaign, including our very own uh, Conor Reedy. He'll be there talking as well. So we want everyone to come. Very good. And Conor with us as well. Conor, good morning to you. Hi, Um, Fran. How are you? I'm just wondering, Conor, has the... I mean, in my introduction, I spoke about the reconfiguration there and about how the fact it just hasn't worked. But the powers that be, have they acknowledged that yet, Conor? Well, one of the powers powers that be acknowledged it to you last year, Fran, um, the Minister for Health, Stephen yeah. Donnelly, when yeah. you asked him that very question and his famous words were, and we all picked up on them at the time, it clearly hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And that was a momentous uh, milestone in this whole thing. Since Christmas, since the collapse 
of the Centre of Excellence in UHL and Dura Doyle, you have a number of fairly high-profile consultants, both from the Midwest region, but also elsewhere in the country, who have come out and said that very same thing, that things were not put in place in 2009, that the roots of everything that the people of the Midwest, our families, our friends, our elderly and our children have been put through in the last uh, 13, 14 years, all of that has its roots in what was done in and around the period of 2009 to 2011. That change, Those changes that were put in place without any preparation. Um, what we have to remember is that we were told by the experts at the time, the so-called experts at the time, that um, we that Nina was unsafe, that Ennis was unsafe, St. John's was unsafe to continue certain uh, medical practices and to continue emergency department treatments and so forth. And maybe that was assessed to be the way at the time and the only answer was in reconfiguration. Um, and guess what, Fran, what we've discovered is, and, and some of them have kind of not come out and admitted, but the experts got it wrong, Fran. Mm. Yeah. They got it, and I don't often say that. I I would yeah. be. We far were sold from, a pup. I we think. were sold. That's the thing. Yeah. I would be far from someone to say, "Oh, don't believe science, don't believe experts." I'm an expert in my area, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other people are experts in theirs. Theirs, but Fran, they got it wrong, and they instead of preparing UHL and doing what needed to be done, um, and not allowing anything to be changed until that was put right. Um, they downgraded, they turned our fine hospital in Nina, the emergency service side of it, into mm. a total wreckage. And uh, they left us in the Midwest, in, in Ennis and in uh, Nina, with pure carnage. They left us in a dangerous situation for years and years now. We have great hospitals in both towns, and they have gutted that. Yes. And, and, you know, and it, Tanya, that, with, that cha- with that chaos, Tanya, over Christmas, for example, then we heard that Ennis was going to be used and possibly Nina was going to be used uh, again. So is that not an indication in itself that this is part of the answer? Um, yeah, totally this is part of the answer. But you have to look at this as well, friend. Like, today, there's 60 people on trolleys in UHL. There's seven people on trolleys in Ennis. And there's 10 people on trolleys in Nina. Now, in Nina, we, we were told they were closing uh, like all-day surgeries, elective surgeries were cancelled. The day wards were being opened yeah. for surge for surge beds. Yes, there's 10 people on trolleys. And we have reports that there was no extra staff brought in. So I don't understand how that works. So we're just literally moving people from trolleys in UHL to moving them to Ennis and Nina. And that has to stop because it's dangerous. It's it, it, like with fire, accidents, trauma, trauma, it's dangerous. This is These are dangerous numbers. One person on a trolley is, is overcrowding. So it, it has, something has to change. Bring back Ennis, bring back Nina, reopen them both and St. John's and reinvest in the hospitals. We have already fine hospitals with fantastic staff, consultants. Re-upgrade, upgrade them, reopen them. That's what the people of the Midwest want. That's what we want. That's why we're protesting um, on Saturday in Limerick. Yeah, but it strikes me, Connor, that not only are they not admitting this and getting on with this, but they're replicating that mm. model in another part of the country, which mm. is incredible. They are. Uh, it is unfathomable 
what they're doing up in Meath. It is just it beggars belief that they're setting about to make the, 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 the identical mistakes all over again. I mean, what the people in that part of the country have ahead of them in terms of emergency health care, if they don't put a stop to that or if they don't call a halt to it, is crazy. Now, Tanya was talking about today's... Um, so th- this is about learning. Sure, surely we should learn. I mean, mm. one of Hall Martin and, and, and all of our politicians, no, all parties, I shouldn't single him out, uh, all our politicians say, oh, this has been a learning experience. Mm. If something goes wrong, we'll, we'll, lessons will be learned from this. Where are the lessons being learned? That's I don't the great, know. You know. Now, don't know. Tanya was referring to the, 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 the trolley numbers today mm. in um, across the Midwest, and that's true. They're down. They're way down from the, the, the post-New Year um, mm. meltdown. But why are they down, Fran? They're down because things like elective surgeries are cancelled all over the place. Um, so what you're doing is you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yes, those and, and consultants and staff agreed to work extra time in the agreed last few to work weeks extra as well. Time. Yeah. But those problems of cancelling other stuff, operations, small procedures, big procedures that have been deemed necessary by a, a doctor, a medical consultant, um, that have been whether it's someone's tonsils or their gallbladder or whatever it is, they've all been postponed. So that's stacking up another pile of you know what um, that's going to create a further logjam down the system in the spring. It's moving the dead chairs in the Titanic. And Tanya, just for clarity for those listening to us, what are you looking for on Saturday? When when, when the speakers get up there, what are you looking for specifically? Oh, do we have Tanya? We do. Tanya, what are you looking for specifically? So what what the Midwest campaign, um, hospital campaign is looking for is we are looking for the upgrading the reopening of Nina A&E, Ennis A&E, St. John's A&E. It has, it has to be done. The money is there. The money can be found. Okay. Right, but can what I about staffing you? those A&Es, uh, Tanya? What do you mean, what about staffing? What, what about staffing them? What, what about getting... Oh, listen, the... of course. I mean, all that has to be done. I mean, it's not just the case of, of what they're doing now. It's just opening it up and trolleys coming in. Of course, there's a whole... Uh, everything needs to be upgraded mm. and logistics and all that has to be done. Consulting has to be done, but they have to, as I said this to you before, Fran, mm. offer them a fair wage, offer them a decent. We see now the um, the HSC are warning their staff not to go and talk to social media about uh, alleged bullying that's going on in the HSE. The staff are afraid to speak out. Now, luckily, the patients aren't afraid to speak out. It's the patients that are the yeah. ones that are coming with the, with the horror stories. Yes, and Fran, if I can just. I just I got a phone call last night and I hadn't had a chance to say this to Connor or anyone. I got a phone call from a lady last night and she was brought into UHL on Monday the 2nd of January at 11 o'clock. Now she was still on a trolley on Wednesday at 3 o'clock. She's been a diabetic for 51 years. She said she, she was so tra- I could hear it in her voice how traumatised she was still from this. She got sent back to Nina luckily. She said VIP treatment in Nina but she said in Limerick, at one stage, the nurses, the trolleys on either side, and the nurse went hands up to get people to put up their hands so they could pass with the blood pressure monitors. Now, that's how bad it was on that week. Now, this ha- is going on since 2009. It's been on the news. RTE went undercover 2016, 2017, and now 2023. And it's still going on. It's still going on. All oh, right, I'm, I'm just about out of time, Connor. You want people then to gather on Saturday in, in Limerick. What time, Connor? 
So the protest leaves uh, City Hall at Merchants Quay at 11am, um, so get there before that. There, we were calling for a big contingent from Nina and North Tipperary. Remember all those hundreds of people who marched for I swimming do. pool access in Temple Moor yeah. uh, in November? Um, and, we're, we, you know, that, that was highly important. That's a life or death issue as well in terms of training mm. children up for swimming. So we need you to, to replicate that and more. This is not about me or Tanya or any local political animosities or loyalties that people might have. It's not about us. You, you, can, you don't have to like us. You just have to remember what this is all about. This is about protesting for you, for your children, your grandchildren, your elders, your older self. If you have had someone who has suffered on a UHL trolley, like I have, like many people have, then uh, it's time to come off social media. I say this all the time. Come off social yeah. media. They can't hear you. Come off social media and get out on the streets and make your voice heard. And by the way, Limerick and Clare will have a very good showing at this protest, Fran. They did the last time. We need Tipperary to step up, North Tipperary. Right. So please, please, well, come so out on Saturday. Fran, listen, we'll yes, be just there. really quickly, we'll Tony. Yeah. Very quickly, we'll, we'll, we'll be there with our banner. If anyone doesn't know what we look like, the Nina needs to say any. We'll have our banner. Fall in behind us, walk with us and support your local hospital and, right. and let's get this moving. All right, well done to you both and thank you. Dr. Conor Reedy there and Tanya uh, DeVita is speaking to us about that campaign on this coming Saturday. Um, news is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie We're still getting reaction to that uh, letter to uh, Phil yesterday. Um, a listener says the girl went out, had a good time. Other people need to mind their own business. She needs to brush it off and get on with her life. Uh, somebody else saying, uh, the person who never makes a mistake in life doesn't exist. She made a mistake, so move on. Her so-called colleagues, given her uh, grief, need to take a long, hard look at themselves. They wouldn't like it uh, if they were the victims of the gossip. As for the video, unfortunately, uh, no matter what goes on nowadays, uh, people live their lives through their mobile phones in the hope of it going viral. No matter what anybody seems to do now, unfortunately, it seems to be recorded on a phone, rightly or wrongly, says a listener, on 083 311 Now, every couple of weeks, the Gardaí keep us up to date on what's been happening around the county. Glad to be joined now by a sergeant in charge of Nina Garda Station, Declan O'Carroll. Good morning to you, Declan. Good morning, Fran. Uh, great to talk to you today. Can we start with uh, Tipperary Town and the Gardaí there? They want some uh, help from the public. Yes, Fran. Uh, Tipperary Town Gardaí are, are appealing for information following a number of thefts of home heating oil and coal, which occurred on the 7th, 10th and 11th of January uh, this year. The thefts occurred in the Ballyhurst, Cashel Road, Golf Links Road and Donahill areas of Tipperary. All thefts occurred in the late evening and overnight. Tipperary Gardaí are appealing for information in respect to these thefts and can be contacted um, at any time. In addition, we would advise that householders regularly check oil levels in tanks and where possible arrange smaller deliveries. If you notice any suspicious vehicles in your area, please note the registration numbers and contact your local Garda station or 999, as the case may be. Yeah, it seems like those thefts are on the increase, Declan, it seems to Unfortunately, yes, and yeah. especially when there's cold weather and people course, are, yeah. are in need of uh, heating oil. And yeah, a, a burglary in Clotheli, then, uh, near Golden there. Yes, uh, Tip Gardier again appealing for information in respect to this burglary which occurred in the Clonley area of Golden between 9pm on the 4th and 7am on the 5th of January 23. 
Uh, burglary occurred at, at the Barnstown area of Limerick Junction as well between 7pm on the 8th and 10am on the 9th of January. And unfortunately, Fran, a third burglary also occurred between 7pm on the 12th and uh, 6am on the 13th of January. Um, in these cases, a quantity of power tools were taken and tip- Tipperary Town Guardia are appealing for anyone with any information right. in respect to any of the burglaries to contact them. Right. Is there a link or do you know that to get that? Uh, there, potentially, there potentially is a link, um, but uh, Gardaí are still uh, keeping a, an open mind on, on the matter and would anyone with any information, if you could please contact us. Very good. Uh, let us move to Thurlis then. And a man who was acting uh, suspicious, uh, suspiciously, there was an arrest made, I think. Again, uh, Fran, this was a, a man was observed on, on CCTV footage trying the handles of cars and attempting to break into cars in the Thurlis area. Uh, Guardian Thurlis um, patrolled the scene extensively and later located the man uh, some distance away. He was uh, subsequently arrested and conveyed to Thurlis Guard Station and he is now charged before the courts. Right, uh, some online fraud as well still going on? Yes, unfortunately, uh, still still an issue across the division. Um, this one uh, was a case where Guardian Torres became aware um, of a person who had befriended who was befriended online by fraudsters. Um, this person had withdrawn a large quantity of cash which uh, was intended to be handed over to the fraudsters and, uh, on a date and time arranged. Um, Guardian detectives in Torres put an operation in place and two men were arrested in connection with this alleged fraudulent activity. Uh, a car was also seized as part of the investigation. One person, a friend, has been charged in relation to it and a file has been uh, prepared for the DPP on the matter. Very good. So if people are put in that position, make contact with yourselves because something can be done about it. Definitely make contact with Gardaí and just always be aware, aware of fraudsters. Right, OK. Uh, a burglary in, in Thurlistown, I think. Yes, um, this was uh, on the 13th to the 1st, the burglary of a house was reported to Guardian Thurlis, a lone man, uh, was a suspect, keys of a car were also stolen. Um, the, uh, further to that, a man had been reported suspic- acting suspiciously in the area and a quick response by Gardaí uh, managed to, uh, Gardaí, local Gardaí managed to arrest this individual. Um, stolen property was, was also reportedly recovered on the man. Uh, he was. Uh, he has since been charged and is now in custody awaiting sentence. And was there a second burglary in the town? Yes, there? the same suspect was invo- allegedly involved in a second burglary in the town, uh, which was also reported around the same time he was questioned in relation to this incident and later charged. And again, some stolen items were recovered. And Fran, this was a case of where members of the public were quick to ring Gardaí and, and uh, Gardaí then were able to respond quickly and, and uh, apprehend this individual. Excellent, and that's how it's done as well. And uh, just a reminder from Thoris Gardaí as well about licensed uh, firearm holders. Yes, we're requesting that all licensed firearm holders, not just in Thoris, but across the county, examine their licence to ensure that they are fully up to date and in order and any unlicensed firearm unfortunately may be seized by members of Garda Shikana and the licensee uh, may be prosecuted. All right. Uh, let us move to the Care District then. And again, a reminder to people about that that uh, Senior Citizens Party. Yes, Fran. Um, it's been mentioned before on your show, Guardian Care are again hosting the annual Care Community Senior Citizens Party at Care House on the 27th of January at 5pm. If anybody would like to attend uh, the evening, with, there's refreshments and hot food, spot prizes and music. Um, there are uh, invited to come along. Superintendent Eddie Golden will be providing the, the music um, and anyone who is dropping a friend or family member in the, uh, to the evening is also welcome to stay. It should be it should be a good day, friend. Very good. You might get a song out of yourself as well, Declan. You, I, I might make it, uh, friend. <laughs> um, more people are walking, which of course is a good thing. But there's there's a caveat to that, isn't there? Yes, friend. I suppose mm. again with the dark evenings, Gardaí have noticed an increase in walkers at various locations around the care area as people head back to the hills. Again, again, Gardaí would urge people to be aware of their surroundings and not to leave valuables visible in their car as they head off. 
it's best to put them in bags or in the boot of your car before you go to the location so you're not seen by people uh, doing so. Mm. All right. And with the cold weather this week, I suppose, and God knows, we're hearing dreadful stories about people, you know, being found uh, dead for long periods. Of we need to check in on the neighbours, don't we? Yes, Fran, especially with this cold weather and, and this week, please remember to check in on your neighbours who may be in need of support and help or help. And if there's anyone you're concerned about, please contact uh, any guard station across the county and we'll do whatever we can to, to, to help out. Very good. Uh, to Tlan Mel then, and again, a man acting suspiciously and the guardie acting upon this. Yes, Fran, this was a, a man that was acting suspiciously in the Clonmel, Clonmel area on the 9th of January, uh, Gardaí. In Clonmel, stopped the car. Uh, the man was driving. A search of the car uh, was found, uh, was, was made and an offensive weapon uh, was located. The man was arrested, detained and questioned in relation to possession of it um, and, pos- and also possession of a uh, controlled drug subject to analysis. The man was charged to a sitting of Cashel District Court um, and is currently kept in custody uh, at present. Very good. Uh, it's a burglary in a supermarket in Clonmel. Yes, this burglary occurred in a supermarket on the night of the 28th of December. Uh, a youth has been arrested and detained in relation to it and the file will go to our National Juvenile uh, Liaison Office in respect to this incident. What's the latest on drink driving in, in the Clonmel area? Yes, friend. The Guardian Clonmel continue to make great progress in relation to, to detections for drink driving. Several arrests have been made in the last two weeks where drivers are suspected to be under the influence of drugs while driving. To the Carrick and Shore area then, Decton, and again the Guardian looking for some help here. Yes, friend, the Guardian Carrick and Shore are appealing for any witnesses to a criminal damage incident in the Towns Park area on the evening of the 15th of January. That's last Sunday evening, friend. A car was damaged on the road there, and uh, the Guardian are interested in speaking to anyone who saw the damage occurring uh, to this white car um, and are asking uh, any member of the public to contact them if they have any information. They're also looking for some help with a burglary a couple of nights back. Yes, friend, the Guardian Clamella are investigating a burglary that occurred overnight uh, between the 13th and into the 14th in an estate off the Davis Road. This was last Friday uh, into Saturday morning. Um, the house, which w- which is being renovated, was forcibly broken into uh, and a power tool uh, drill was stolen. We would like to hear from any listener living in the estates around the Davis Road that may have seen anything or anyone acting suspiciously. Mm, what happened with the car that was left open? Yes, friend, a car was left open overnight in an estate off the Cashel Road. Um, this was uh, entered on the evening of the 5th of January. Uh, that was the day a lot of children went back to school, which was uh, that Thursday. There was money stolen from the car that evening and we are asking people to be vigilant to persons in their area that have no legitimate business there. And as always, please ensure that they lock their cars and other vehicles at all times. That crime was reported at 10pm. It would have happened within uh, the three hours prior to that. So it doesn't matter the length of time you were leaving your car unattended. Best to lock lock up at all times, friend. Right. Was there another similar incident? Yes, unfortunately we had a similar type incident uh, the next day on the 6th of January in another estate, again off the cash road, where coin was taken from uh, park car in the state again, which was unlocked, and the third theft. And it, unfortunately, Brian, the third theft from a car we had within the last two weeks, according to Federal, on the 7th of January, uh, this occurred in the mid to late afternoon when a handbag was, a handbag was taken from, from a car. Right, so I know you're at pains to say so, but we need to take our valuables out of sight in the car, don't we? Yes, Fran, and, and put them away, put them into the boot, just make sure that they're not visible to anyone that's passing by. To the Nina district then, and again a burglary. Yes, friend. This time, uh, Gardaí responded to a burglary call in the early hours of the 13th um, at a business premises on the Old Bar Road. One intruder was found on the premises, on the business premises, and was arrested on suspicion of burglary. He was detained and questioned at Nina Garda Station and later charged with burglary offences. Yeah, and you managed to recover a horse box that was stolen too. Yes, friend. On the 14th of the first, uh, an Eiffel Williams horse box was reported stolen from an area near Knockross Grey. Um, 
Again, Gardaí harvested CCTV and a suspect was identified. Follow-up searches were conducted on the 16th of the 1st under warrant and the horse box was recovered. One man was arrested and detained at Nina Garda Station and later charged with theft offences. Now, the Divisional Drug Unit was busy. Yes, friend. Gardaí from the Divisional Drugs Unit carried out searches in the Nina area on the 13th of the 1st. A large quantity of suspected cannabis edibles were seized. They are suspected to contain synthetic cannabis, cannabis, a quantity of of a suspected co- cocaine was also seized. One man was arrested and detained at Nina Garda Station and later charged with drug offences. And Fran, just in relation to these mm. cannabis edibles, there there's a high level of risk associated with these items and a number of hospitalisations have been reported in the north and the south of the county in the recent um, in the last two or two to three weeks. Right, so it's, it's prevalent around the place. Um, and again, theft from cars in the Nina area. Yes, friend, some success uh, in relation to thefts from cars in Nina. Two thefts from cars were reported on the 6th of the 1st uh, in Nina Town. The first occurred at the railway station uh, at approximately 6.10 and, and uh, the second on Church Road uh, later on that, e- that evening. Uh, when a car window was smashed with a block and the car was ransacked. Gardaí examined CCTV footage and on the 17th of the 1st, the suspect was identified and arrested and detained. He was uh, questioned at Nina Garda Station and is due before Torres District Court today, charged with uh, theft offences. Very good news indeed. Hey, you're looking for witnesses. Will you tell me about the incident that happened near Moneygall? Yes, Fran, this is an appeal for witnesses in relation to a criminal damage incident that happened on the M7 motorway near Moneygall. A man was driving northbound on the motorway at approximately 7.25pm and had the windows of his car smashed by the occupants of another car in an unprovoked attack, Fran. It was really shocking stuff. The injured party is very shaken after the incident and Gardaí are appealing for anyone who may have seen any car acting suspiciously in around that time to, to contact Nina or Ross Grey Garda Station. Uh, we're appealing for anyone who was travelling northbound on the M7 motorway between Limerick and the Port Leash Toll um, between the hours of 7pm and 8pm on the 11th of January who may have noticed a dark saloon driving in an erratic fashion close to that area. Right, to contact yourselves there at Nina Garda Station, I guess. Uh, public order incidents once again. Yes, friend, we've dealing with a lot of public order yeah. incidents across the district. Um, the last two weeks, Gardaí responded to 13 such incidents. Now, two of these were in Newport, eight in Nina and three in Ross Grey. Arrests were made in the majority of these incidents and suspects have been charged to court or dealt with by way of fine. Right. Now, you'll be busy with your checkpoints. They will continue, I guess. Yes, as we've said in South Tipperary, um, where two two further people were arrested on suspicion of drug driving uh, up near near Nina uh, and files are being prepared on these matters. Right. And you've all been furnished with this new drug uh, driving technology as well, Declan. It's important to, to point that out, isn't it? Yes, and there's more regular checks being carried out at, uh, at checkpoints in relation to suspicious uh, drug driving. Right. And just finally, fraud, it continues to be reported to you. Yes, Fran, it continues to be reported up and down the county and I just want to make the public aware uh, a lot of the times it's in relation to um, text messages that they receive and, and they they engage with and that leads to uh, them uh, logging on to certain websites and uh, which the, um, the fraudsters have access to and can see the, the numbers that are being uh, logged in by the by the injured parties and uh, they're able to take money from their accounts then it's just to be aware of any unsolicited texts that that come in. All right, Declan, we always appreciate your time. Thank you. Good morning to you. Thanks very much, Frank. How about you now? That is Sergeant in Charge of Nina Garda Station, Sergeant uh, Declan O'Carroll speaking to me there. Now, speaking of the Gardaí, can I wish uh, Garda Pat Kelly the very, very best of luck indeed. He's retiring as a Garda in the Carrick and Shore area and I was talking to my colleague Pat Murphy about this. The outpouring
uh, last night on, on the Carrick and Shore site about uh, Pat's uh, retirement. It was incredible. I mean, people genuinely extremely sorry to see him go and uh, I would know Pat as a musician as well as a, a guard. So we want to wish him the very, very best indeed in his retirement and I'm sure um, all of the people of Carrick and Shore will join with me in that. 1800-938-007 Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie now, Shawnee Clifford is a writer, a poet and a playwright from Killarney, but he's now taken on the lounge area at the old Gibbs pub in Ballypatrick, where he intends to open a drama group and an art centre, and I'm delighted to say he joins me online. Shawnee, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. How are things? Uh, things are very well indeed. Lovely to talk to you today. What, what a great idea. What prompted you to come from Killarney and do this in Tipperary? Well, I actually came via Berlin. Uh, I was actually living in Germany, yeah. so... Um, no, I, I've always been a people person, and um, I just wanted to, uh, to to run a business that I would be mixing with people, I would be talking to people, and, you know, pubs are going through a hard time at the moment, and uh, it's just an effort, basically, to um, to get people to use the pub on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's a great um, idea. Is there a model for this somewhere else, uh, Shawnee? Well, there has been. I mean, the pub itself has been a central part of Ballypatrick Arts for well over 100 years mm. um, you had the dance hall out there you had a drama group out there at some stage um, you had the handball alley um, but as with a lot of smaller communities um, the art scenes aren't huge so it just it just takes a couple of people um, I've seen it many times it takes a couple of people to get something started there's already a good bit of interest um, so hopefully on a Monday night uh, at 7 o'clock from next week um, we'll be getting a drama group going on Belly Patrick. Very good. And uh, are you planning to do one of your own plays, for example, or have you something else in mind? No, I wouldn't be that quite that egotistical, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, no, I think the group will will make a decision going forward what type of uh, what type of area they want to go. I'd say usually with local drama groups, you have to pick um, like most of my plays would be one man plays, mm, mm. Um, and you know you want to, you want to make it inclusive, so. Um, I'm hoping that we can actually put on three one-act plays and um, get a good mix of experienced uh, theatre professionals with people who simply want to um, do something on a Monday night or who would always have been interested in drama but didn't quite take the step. So. Yeah, very good. Um, so you're going to involve some pros in this as well, are you? Hopefully, hopefully, hmm, hopefully. Yeah. There's one or two people already contacted me that are, um, you know, that are in the drama world. So hopefully we can actually teach people a lot of stuff as well. But... Again, another thing is just to get is to use the pub because pubs are struggling at the moment. And on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, I'd like to see um, whether it's a drama group, whether it's a writers group, whatever. Just to le- because we have a big lounge out in the bar, mm. and um, I'd like to see it used a lot more often. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And there seems to be a call for this. I was listening to an interview with uh, Rex Ryan, Jerry Ryan, so, and he has yeah. a small space in Dublin that he's making use of as well. And it seems to be the thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Berlin and uh, a little bit in France, a little bit in Valencia and Spain, and bars over there would do a huge amount of arts. Um, Even in the bigger cities, there would be a lot of poetry readings, a lot of theatre, all types of stuff, you know. There'd also be, once a month, more more smaller bars in Berlin would uh, do an art exhibition. So, you know, we... You know, the Vintners Association of Ireland sent us out a thing recently where um, they're encouraging pubs to diversify. 
and um, I think that, you know if you don't diversify you die as they say and um, mm. you know it's just it's important to, and it's also important for the community because a lot of people simply don't go into pubs anymore um, so it's just giving people a reason uh, not so much to go into pubs but to be part of the community um, of course and, fact, and I would imagine Johnny that even for rehearsals wouldn't it give great life to a pub the fact absolutely. that that's absolutely yeah absolutely you know, even like seeing the cars outside the pub, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> um, people are passing because we're at a busy crossroads. Um, and it just, again, it just um, gives people access to something in the local community. Um, there isn't a community hall per se in Ballypatrick, there isn't free cash. Um, mm. But the community hall, in, in general terms, has always been the pub in Ballypatrick. Um, there was the handball alley, there was the dance hall, there's a great sports centre out there, mm. there's the tennis club. So Yes. Um, I, I think it'll be very good and I, I'm hoping to enjoy it and I can see a lot of other people joining up as well You know, Well we'd love to help you out with that because I, I just love Brilliant. to see this kind of thing happening it's great, just give me the geography of it you are relatively near Kilcash, you're about are you about 15 minutes from Clonmel? About 15 minutes from Clonmel, yeah it's um, it's about 9 kilometres uh, we're at the cross of Ballypatrick yes. so if you basically if you drive out the main Kilkinney Road from Clonmel um, it's on the right there, you just go up, it's about a kilometre and uh Right. And do you want to keep it local or can anybody apply to be part of the drama group, for example? Well, anyone can come out. I mean, absolutely anyone can come out. Um, I, I, I presume it will be a lot of local people, but mm. it's for everybody. The pub is for everyone. And um, absolutely anyone, anyone can come out. And you don't really have to have experience in drama. We're not going to take ourselves too serious. Mm. Having said that, when we do put on a play, we'll try and do it to the best of our ability. But... Um, it's really just to just to include people and to utilise the pub. Um, you know, drama has, has really had a huge impact on my life in theatre, mm. and uh, it can actually have a huge impact on people's lives. Even just if they're, you know, they could have their full time jobs, they can be doing a lot of other stuff. But um, just that once a week, just to kind of escape um, the daily toll of life, especially at the moment, um, I think mm. it's hugely important. You know, I, I think it certainly is. When are you hoping to have a first production? I would be hoping um, either in May or September. It's really, um, even though I have a play on myself in June in Dublin, it's probably not the best time in mm. the middle of summer to be having a play on. Mm. But um, I would be hoping um, in se- probably September, October. But who knows? Again, we will meet up. Um, there could be people that are, that are a lot more experienced than me. I found that as well before. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm only supplying the room, and I'll be part of it. Mm. And uh, the first couple of weeks it will be all about talking about. Um, where we want to go, what direction we want to go. Yeah, yeah um, I think it's brilliant. Do you know something I've often t- uh, thought about? How How is it... I mean, Kerry is such a hive of activity in terms of writers and poets yeah. and playwrights, and some of, some of the biggest names in the country uh, came came from... Why is that, do you think? I'm thinking of I, uh, Brendan and John B and all, all, everybody, you know? I mean, yeah, Brendan, and I mean, if you go back, Sigerson Clifford... And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. I think I think we either uh, at a certain point in our lives we probably either go mad or we write, yeah. you know. Um, and I think that's. I also think there is a lot of drama in daily life in Kerry, um, and you can see that in John B. Keane's plays. But uh, in many ways, it's a mystery. I mean, Brendan Kennelly passed away a while ago. Oh, and I, one of my favourites of all time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, the most in many ways underrated poet that Ireland ever has. You know, I mean, um, I wouldn't say I was a personal friend of his, but I did know him, yeah. and I would visit him in Trinity. And uh, yeah. my God, he's. Uh, I mean, 
he would be the Irish equivalent of Ted Hughes, in my own opinion. He was just oh, an amazing writer. Ab- amazing absolutely. Poet. He, his long poem on Judas uh, will stay with me forever. I just... Oh, absolutely. Just And his sense of humour oh, was stop. just unparalleled. Just, just... <laughs> and you, you, now, you mentioned Clifford as well. Do you, one of my favourite things has to be the boys of Barnish Rada. Oh yeah, my father. My father used to breed that into me when I was Did young. He? You know, oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, we're originally four generations back from that side of Kerry, from Carrigaline. Although then we kind of moved up towards uh, the Cork Kerry border, where Julie Julie Clifford was my granddad. She was a fiddle player, oh, um, yeah. and, and that. But there's always, I think, Kerry in general. There's um, there's just a lot of drama. People like to um, story storytelling is a huge part of it. And I think um, a lot of it was the storytelling and the drama, and it just kind of went from there. So, isn't, isn't um, it great? And uh, do you see any shades of that in Tipperary? Is there? Absolutely, do absolutely. You? Yeah. Uh, like running, running a pub and being behind the counter is a uh, is an amazing experience, and you actually see probably the best of people most of the time. You mm. know, mm. Uh, bars get an awful, um, you know. A, a, Especially they had a night to like bars, bar, but but the pub, the pub in Ballypatrick, to be honest, um, I, I genuinely uh, have I've just I've met a lot of really really genuine authentic good people with their own stories, you know, and um, that's why I love it. Mm. You know, I absolutely love it. I, I love talking to people. I love chatting to people. I love learning about people, and uh, the amount of stories and the amount of humour in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, you would be, you know, it's just very funny, very funny stories. But everyone has their story, that's the thing. Of and course they do, indeed. And and there's yeah. a book in everybody too, Shawnee, I'm sure you'd agree. There is. Everyone, and you know, you see these celebrities being interviewed on TV, but when you actually talk to people and you, and you learn that how they got through life um, and, yeah. and some of the stories and, and how they look at life, it's just it's absolutely amazing. So. But it's amazing you say that, but I, I was often talking about the Late Late Show and the fact they have on these sort of, you know, these half celebrities and stuff. If they had yeah. ordinary people on telling their story, I, I oh think, my God. wouldn't that I be mean, just amazing, wouldn't it? I mean... Sometimes, you know, you think you're unique and then you talk to someone and you just wonder how they got through life. And that's just not in a pub, but as I tra- I've travelled a lot, especially in Europe, and um, people are just, they're resilient. And um, a sense of humour is, is probably the most important thing one can have in life, I think. You know? I know. I was playing a gig recently and a, a woman came up to me. She was just talking about how much she enjoyed the music and the dancing and stuff. And she told me that she had 16 kids, Shawnee, and she brought them up, <laughs> she brought them up on her own. I mean, really? Yeah. You know? And she's, like, she's going on with her daily life. She's not on the Late Late Show, all this stuff. And uh, I don't really, I'd watch the Late Late Show, but most of the people on there, to be honest, not slanting the Late Late Show. But yeah, I know, like, I know. And here comes another one that thinks they're special, you know? I know, I know. Uh, when, uh, when ordinary people are the special ones, when you think about it, you know, but you're, there you are. Uh, Shawnee, we'd be delighted to um, help you promote whatever you're doing out there because I think it's a great idea. Great thank idea. you, Fran, really, yeah. and thanks for having me on as well, you know, I Pleasure. appreciate it. You pleasure, know. pleasure. You look after yourself, Shawnee. Thank, Thank you, friend. Thank Have you. Have a great day. You Take too. Care. Bye-bye to you now. Shawnee Clifford there. What a delight to talk to him. Uh, writer, poet, playwright. Uh, originally from Killarney via Germany and ending up in beautiful Ballypatrick in the pub there and wanting to develop an arts centre and a drama group. And I think it's just marvellous. 1800-938-007. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Tip Today 
with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 1800-938-007 The text and WhatsApp is 083 Liam was wondering why the Gardaí were not advising walkers to wear high-vis bibs uh, when walking and he's talking about experiences that he had himself. He said he can't believe the amazing number of pedestrians that still do not wear them and I go along with it because I travel very early in the mornings to work and I'm always using flowery language about not seeing people until the last minute and all of that. Anyway, Ellen Coleman-Wallace is a holistic therapist based in Boherlan and uh, she has many years of experience in many different therapies. She's holding a very special workshop on the 27th of January at the Joanna Community Centre and I saw this uh, up on social media and I was intrigued and we invited Ellen into studio and she joins me now. Ellen, good morning to Hi, you. Hi, friend. Good morning. And lo- lovely to see you. Thank indeed. you so much for inviting me and it's lovely to Welcome. be here. Thank Welcome you. indeed. Uh, tell me about your experience and the many therapies that you're qualified in, because it's quite yeah. a list, isn't it? I suppose I've been delving in now the last number of years, friend, to be honest. I began very young on my journey of holistic, yeah. um, the holistic world, you could say. Yeah. I began my journey in the beauty industry. So I oh. soon started realising amongst the beauty industry that I had a big passion for everything holistic. Um, I suppose massage at that time, Indian head massage and things like that. I just started noticing I was just happier in myself. I mm. felt good and I I loved the feeling people got when they left from having a treatment with you. So I suppose my journey started delving in then to more intense holistic avenues like Reiki healing, um, I went on then and done neuro-linguistic programming, psychology, which great for yourself as well. Yes. Wonderful to have a rapport with your clients come in. And also a lot of people need to let go, share their feelings. So it was great to have that kind of experience. I then went on and trained in reflexology in the evenings while I was working full time. And that has led to so many doors opening, um, so many qualifications like fertility, maternity, baby. So it really has advanced my my whole business. That's really. great. And I presume that you get great joy out of it yourself, do you? Look, Fran, it's not a job. I'm not just saying this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just wonderful to fall into this work in terms of to work hard to get here, mm. to be honest with you. Um, it's not a job every day. I love people. I love the sense of helping people. So this is very fulfilling for me. So... Yeah, my dreams have come true. Yeah, it's not a lovely thing to be able to say. It is. I like we've all been in areas in our life where we weren't happy. Yeah. And yeah, I suppose sure. that's what got me creating this workshop that's coming up, Fran. Right. I've been there. I've been stuck. And does it help you? Have Have you been able to help yourself in Absolutely. terms of mental my health? Absolutely, my journey. I suppose I only started getting into intense teaching, facilitating in the since about two thousand and fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Mm. And even though I had started at such a young age in the holistic uh, field, I had a lot of work to do because I feel I'm a very sensitive soul. Mm. So I carried with that a lot of fear, 
a lot of worry growing up. Um, I suppose I just didn't feel like I fitted in all the time in right, certain yeah. avenues. So I had to work through all that to become the person I am now and to break through the fear. Right. Yeah. And has it helped you with the fear and the anxiety? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's like Susan Jeffers feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Like a lot of people come to me, Fran, and they're feeling a lot of fear and they think they can't do something. Hmm. I actually feel like if you accept the fear and work through it, you'll conquer anything. But if you avoid the fear and I suppose throw yourself in a corner, hmm. you'll never break through. You'll yes. never feel that freedom in your life. You'll never walk free. So you have to actually feel the fear. Right. Fear can create success in your life. And if you do that, is it like a weight lifting off Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah. I suppose it's really the sense of peace coming into your life. It's mm. um, It brings a lot of balance. Choices you make can help along the way as well. But it is a sense of freedom and I suppose peace, really. <laughs> What are you seeing of the people coming into you? I mean, are you seeing great stress and anxiety? Absolutely. And, yeah. I would say we're, we're, I call it we're cleaning up after COVID. We're repairing. Like it had such an effect on people, the loss, the fear, the terror. Um, it had a wonderful effect on some people too. I think we have two types of people coming. Some people that haven't been able to work on themselves or get through it. Mm. And now they're overwhelmed with this unmerciful anxiety, fear, worry, and they might have never felt fear in their life. And then you've you've more clients that are coming that have kind of found themselves through mm. COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's been an enlightening time. You, could, you couldn't kind of get away from it. So if you found the right approach to get through it, a lot of people are coming now and they're ready to maybe go on and come on a workshop come and learn the Reiki healing modality. Right, so they've done research during this time and they've discovered pathways they want to explore. Absolutely. I think, Fran, there's something for everyone. Yes. That's my opinion that, and no matter if you're a man, woman, it doesn't matter, that Mm. you really have to just find something that you're at, at ease with and you're comfortable and maybe that you just feel that you can share your feelings. Are you coming across people, because we spoke to a lot of people who had loss, uh, during COVID and they f- they're finding it very hard because they didn't grieve properly. They Absolutely. didn't have the traditional funeral. You know, a lot of that. You really feel for people, Fran, that didn't get to say goodbye. Yeah, I know. We're putting them horrible situations. Like, grief is a roller coaster anyway. Mm. But what can help you in your grief is your circumstances around the loss. Mm. Like the care you might get, the time you get with somebody, maybe being able to say final words to somebody. Yes, of course. But, like, we all have some shape or form an idea of grief. Mm. It might be an animal loss. You know, it could be just... A lot of people have lost somebody in their life. So we know it's not an easy road to go down. But I suppose COVID just really took a lot of that final goodbyes, mm. that time together. And yes, there's a lot of people feeling them effects. And a lot of what you do, Ellen, does it involve that, helping people yes. deal with, with grief, does it? Yeah. Grief is massive, Fran. Is it? Yeah. Um, I suppose I've been through a lot of grief myself in my have life. You? And I've had to work through that. Yes. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of people coming for grief. But with grief, you really have to be ready. Nobody can say to you, oh, I'd highly recommend Ellen Wallace to go and have a treatment. And they have to really decide it. They have to be at that stage of grief. Yes. To actually open up and say, I'm now ready to move forward. 
and it can make such a change in right. your life. And if somebody comes to you in that position and if they're at that right time, how, what do you do with them then? Well, right? I have, a, I have such a variety. Them? Do you yes. know what, Fran? Mainly now people are coming to me and I tailor a treatment. Yes, yeah. They don't have to come on and say, oh, Ellen, I want reflexology, I want Reiki. They come to me with an open heart and an open mind and they're willing to come and we will decide together. Yes. I will talk them through, you know, I just bring all my different methods, my tools, I call them, yeah. my toolbox. I bring whatever at that very moment with the person, I bring in what they need. So... If you come, Fran, and someone else comes, you'll have two different experiences. Of course, because, because they're very different individuals. No two people are yeah, the same. Yeah. If you're going through grief and someone else's, you cannot compare because you could be at a completely different stage. So everyone that comes to me, we look and see what it is that a person needs. Yes. Mm. I'm particularly intrigued with the business of the neurolinguistic mm. programme because is that changing how you think? Yes, is, it's the language. It? it helps you Will to focus. Will you tell focus. me about that a little bit? Yes, it's yeah. amazing. Like when I actually trained in that friend, it it changed my world Did along it? with a lot of other therapies yeah. at the time. I think I needed to be ready for that one, and I don't think I really highlighted it a lot in my business. But I was using it. I wasn't really calling myself an NLP facilitator. Mm. Maybe I didn't believe in myself in them years. Now I feel I do speak it because it actually has unfolded a lot. You can change your thoughts. You can change your mindset. Um, you can create a positive feeling. It can help you combat fear. It can help you move past the unmerciful grief. Um, and it can just, when it's often when you're stuck, it helps you to move in to where you're heading and it stops you living in the past. And I, I presume it's rather complex, but in, in a simple fashion, can you tell me what exactly you do? I mean, how, how, how does it work? With the NLP? Yes. Well, with the NLP, for me, I actually don't provide one-on-one -on -one service. Mm. It is definitely something I use when I'm doing a Reiki healing. Mm. Um, it's like a counselling service. Somebody can talk to you, open up. You often give them techniques. Yes. So in this upcoming workshop in January, we're going to be using the techniques to change the feeling. Mm. I mean, when your mind is full and you you think you've all these ideas, it's not always easy to, to move through that. Yes. You actually need to work it. So the NLP, there's different techniques we'll be doing. Um, you can change a feeling. You can create, anchor a new feeling into your body and you can set that every time you're in a situation. So you can pinpoint an area in your body, like maybe your thumb, your finger. And if you're coming up to a situation where you're feeling a lot of anxiety, fear, doubt, you program that anchor, that point, and it just brings, it floods you with them positive thoughts. It's fantastic. Yes. And that's part of the creating a, a vision workshop. Yes, it's it? one part. Um, the creating a vision is something I've worked a lot myself in my life. So it's a bit of fun. It's sort of like going back to the inner child when you, the first set of the workshop is about letting go. Mm. Um, calming, going within. Um, I will use some gentle Reiki healing on the mind, just on the head. And we'll set goals. And then the last part of the vision board is, is fun. We're going to put the words into action on our board. Okay. We're going to cut out different pictures that resemble where we're going. Mm -hmm. And the whole philosophy around the vision board is that when you bring it home, you place it in an area that you're going to see it. So if you're cooking the dinner, right. you have it in the kitchen near you and you're, you're looking at it and it's making you feel good. It's helping you combat if you're stuck. It's helping you to move forward. And I can vow now and say that 
anytime I work this way, I can tick all the boxes. The outcomes are great. Right. It works, is what you It say. works. It's yeah. a fact, yeah. to be honest with you, Fran. I feel like it is. I have great evidence and feedback and that's what has really, really made the big changes for me to believe in myself. I think, I mean, I'm sure many people will be attracted to this, but some people who might like to go along might be, you know, sensitive souls or people who, who might be great socially. And so how can you convince them that this is a safe place for them to go, Ellen? Do you know what? There's no number one friend when you come, unlike even sometimes school, there is no you know, you're doing it wrong. Right. There's no pressure. There's no judgment. Yeah. You're yeah. just coming. Now, as it turns out, it's actually all women. Mm. And in the past, it's been all women for this workshop. Yeah. It just seems to draw women. I think it's the whole, uh, the vision board and things like that, mm. that women are more inclined to open up. Um, but yeah, just to maybe, that could be your first challenge to face. Step on, come, join us. Mm. It's It's turning out to be a circle of women we're in a safe environment. We're going to be there for each other. Hmm. We're going to support each other in a safe, warm environment. And we're going to get work done. But we'll do it at our ease. There's no pressure. Right. Okay. Know? If people want to get involved in that, how, how can they do that? They can basically contact me okay. on my business page on Facebook, Healing Hands Holistics. Okay. I'm also on Instagram, Healing Hands Ellen. Okay. Um, and I just must say that I'm actually holding it in the Douala Community Centre, which is recently refurbished. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful area, hmm. uh, a lovely committee. They've been very welcoming. I've held other workshops there and it's just a lovely, cosy uh, spot to do it in. Right. That's a help too. Very good. You mentioned that in this case so far, it's all women, but I presume are, are men welcome? Men are welcome, yeah. Fran. Like, Why are we so bloody reticent about <laughs> stuff like that? Why are we like that? It's our ancestral lines as well. Yeah. If you look back at like the way men were meant to be. I know. Where, you know, a lot of men are breaking through them feelings. Like I have a lot of men coming one to one. Do you? I do. Yes. And they're very comfortable. Yeah. Because like so much of what you mentioned there applies to men. Absolutely, you know? Fran. It's, it's something that I actually love doing now is working with men because you can see the stress, the worry. You can see even how the whole family is out of balance if even the, the, the man in the house is out of balance. Mm. But I think a woman can be just sometimes find it easier to go along and try something like this. But it is open for men mm. and men have feelings and, you know, men are welcome. Tell me a little bit about the fertility work that you do. OK, so Fran, I do a lot of fertility work. I don't advertisers speak a lot about it on my page or business network because I think it's so personal and there's so many people on that road whether it's just coming to me and not knowing if there's something wrong um, I suppose what my line of work has branched into with fertility is there's an awful lot of people coming that already have gone medically and they may be you know put on medication mm. to bring on um, fertility or ovulating uh, they might be starting IVF or IUI so that's the field I'm really after branching into I'm there to support so it's not about that you have to come for 10 sessions yes you know we go with the flow it's all about de-stress and, and thankfully even consultants now in that field are encouraging reflexology. Are to, they recognising They are. The a lot of them are, Fran. Yeah. A lot of them are and it's it's making a massive difference for Yeah, lo Lovely message from Katrina here. It says, uh, Ellen is amazing. She changed my life. She is a wonderful gift. I thank her every day for my beautiful children. Fertility reflexology changed my life. Oh, wow. 
Isn't that lovely? Thank you, Katrina. That means a lot. Thank Lo- you so lovely much. Lovely message. Oh, it's indeed. beautiful, friend. And uh, Deputy Martin Brown on to say well done to Ellen. Oh, very, very Thanks, best for, for, for the future oh, as well. Fabulous. Do you know what I'd love to know? Does it take from you? Are, are you exhausted at the end of a day? No, friend. But like my lifestyle now would be, I'd be very limited to sort of, you know, I'd live a chemical free life. Um, I have set a lot of boundaries in my life. So when it comes to my work, I'm, I'm, full, I'm full of energy. Are you? I do yeah. protect my energy. So you could say, how do I do that? I suppose I use my crystal energy to protect myself. There's little mantras I use. And I just believe I'm protected all the time. Right. There's nothing I find, I find that people are drawn to you and there's really nothing when they're drawn to you that you can't help them with. Mm. There's nothing that really, you know, causes fear for me or upsets me or worries me because I always feel, I believe that they go out and they can conquer anthem. So that helps too. So it stops you thinking about... Isn't that fantastic to know, Ellen? Because people are going around carrying stuff from childhood and and maybe carrying it to their grave. Absolutely, Fran. Childhood, that's where it all begins. Like... You know, all, all the damage can be done there. Yeah. Absolutely, but you can correct it. Yes, I work a lot with inner child, and I've done a lot of inner child work myself. Uh, it can be a painful place. T- you know? Tell me about the inner child. Well, the inner child work is like from early childhood, we can be programmed into believing that we're something, mm. and that can be something negative that's been mm. said. Like just an example, if a teacher said to you, "You're you're no good." Mm or you can't sing, or you're never going to make anything of yourself. You actually, that that's like an old record. It plays in your mind mm. when you get to an adult stage. And it might have only been said once. Absolutely. Yeah. It can go in, but as a child, you even see it with children. When people come to me, they often, if I mention the inner child or childhood issues, they think something really bad has happened to them. But sometimes it's just someone has said a bad word. You can see it in children, that they get hurt very easy. So when you store all them heavy emotions, it has a it has a negative effect on relationships, on just your whole life going forward. So when you free yourself slowly, that's yes. what I would say, because we have many layers. When you free yourself slowly from, you know, all that deep trauma, you you can conquer anything. You really can. And you, you open up to things you never thought and you could do. And have you seen people literally turn their lives around? Absolutely. I mean, I get a lot of feedback. That's why I, I believe in my work. I know mm. it's happening and I know what I do works. I really believe in it because of the feedback. There's, you know, there's nothing without the feedback. And that's just a lovely message from a client that I would get ongoing, mm. personally on my my business page. And, and that must be fantastic for you. It's then, beautiful. You know? It's lovely because it's like, I suppose everybody thinks that when you do this kind of work, you don't have little things going on. Yes. But sometimes you need encouraging or you need to hear a message or a sign that you're doing the right thing, that you're getting the right results with your clients. It really is lovely. Yeah. You know? do, do you work with children? Yes, a lot. Yeah. I have three kids myself, Fran, three beautiful little kids, and I have a lot of experience in that field. So without sort of looking for that industry to fill, it happened for me. Did it? It did. It just, people started coming. With what sort of issues with uh, children? I deal with every sort of issue from new babies Mm. from birth, coming with, uh, you know, colic, wind, digestion, um, babies, toddlers, um, going through different milestones, 
maybe something has affected them and they're after going inwards. I would deal with children with special needs. Mm. Um, a lot of autistic kids call. Do you? Yes, yeah, I love fantastic. it, friend. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I actually, I must say, there's something very pure working with children and they don't seem to have the walls up so they'll say anything to yes, you. Or the baggage. Absolutely. Or babies come in, you know, they'll just pass wind and yeah, yeah. it's natural. Yeah, yeah, They're just themselves. You yeah. know, and a healing can occur very quick for a baby and a, a toddler and they really don't seem to need as much work that it can happen very quick for them because they don't have a wall up. They let it in. Have you healing ability do you think yes. outside of your 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 your, um, your your qualifications and all of that yes. you do absolutely I would have had the abilities as a young child but I didn't know what yes. it was I wasn't brought up in a family that understood it so I suppose when I got to the age of about 16 or 17 I remember my mom bought me this limited edition magazine and it was holistic and like there wasn't any talk of holistic, but she kind of sensed it in me. I was eager to do beauty and massage and there was crystals in it. So when I started going out with friends, I would bring a crystal. It was like my little worry stone. And it would help me build my confidence, feel... I suppose I needed that protection. Yes. I often felt very drained as a child and didn't know it or understand it, but I suppose I was picking up on everyone's energy and I was very sensitive. But I'm able to handle life a lot more since I went on and trained in Reiki healing. It teaches you how to use your ability, which, to be honest, friend, most people have the ability. Yeah. Just well, some people may just have it on another level. Yeah, it's it's, it's fascinating. It is. You, you brought a sense of peace to this chaotic place this morning, <laughs> and thank you so much oh, for that. Wonderful. Just to remind people again, then creating a vision workshop the 27th of January at Lovely Duella Community Centre, and just to remind people again where they can find out more about you and and on, about the workshop. Yes, Fran, on my business page, um, I actually have a schedule done now from January to July of workshops. So mm -hmm. keep an eye. There is more coming up. There's baby and mother classes coming up, and there's a lot of interest in that. Um, my Healing Hands Holistics uh, business page and on Instagram it's um, Healing Hands Ellen and also I've just launched my new part of my business Healing Hands Holistics School of Reiki and Alternative Therapy so Fantastic. let's see what that brings. <laughs> well you're a lovely person it was oh, a delight to meet thanks you. Thanks, thanks, I'm thanks delighted Ellen. to meet you yeah. as well. Well Emily was on to us and she said you're a pure pet and she remembers <laughs> you from the time when you were doing uh, working as a beautician and all oh, that that's fab. Well. Lovely oh, to see you Ellen thank you so much. That's friend thank you that's, so much Thank you. You're very welcome. That's it for me. Emma produced Ellie looks after her content. Stephen is on the way. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.